All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, my friends, for another episode of The Podcast, a cannabis podcast for budding enthusiasts. You're joined by your boy, Heavy Days, here from the Upside Down Library. And as always, we are extremely appreciative of our sponsors. They help make the show happen. The best way to support the show is to go support them. CT now, your number one seed bank in the United States. You're looking for a guarantee on satisfaction, not just germination. Hit them up. They promise you'll be happy at the end of the grow. But if not, send them a message. They'll sort you out with something else. No one offers it, guys. Get on top of it. If you're in the USA, Canada, or the Americas, check out CT now. Once you get your genetics though, you've got to make sure your room's on point. And to do that, hit up our friends at Pulse Sensors. They have the best sensors in the game for getting all of your grow parameters dialed in. If you want bigger yield, more resin, more potency, get on top of all the variables that you can't tell just with your eyes and with feeling. Get serious, get Pulse. Thank you so much, Pulse Sensors. We appreciate you. Got to keep your garden pest and pathogen free. And for that, check out our friends at Copert Biological Systems. These guys have all the most amazing predators and predation technology. The Apiparm if you've got aphids. The Spidex Vital if you've got spider mites. The Spidex Vital will literally change colors in front of your eyes to show you it's eating spider mites. How good is that? Copert, thank you so much for your support. And last but not least, our friends over at the Patreon, truly the lifeblood of the show. We could not make episodes happen without the Patreon. If you would like to get early access to future episodes, unheard additional interviews that only the Patreons get exclusive access to, such as Bodhi, Mean Gene, Bob Hemphill, Trichome Jungles, so much more, check out the Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash the podcast. We're also doing exclusive monthly genetic giveaways check it out guys on this episode we're incredibly grateful to be joined by the one and only two of the seed company an og within the cbd community the man who brought charlotte's web to the greater masses and a guy who's collaborating with duke diamond do i need to say any more so excited for this one two is an absolute legend here to talk all things from past, present, future, predictions, so much more. Let's get into it. Alrighty, gang. Thanks for joining us for another one. On this episode, we're joined by the man behind the seed company, a range of killer CBD lines, affiliations with Charlotte's Web, a whole bunch of other cool strains we're going to dig into. A big thank you and shout out to two of the seed company for joining us today. Oh, thanks. Actually, uh, it's R the R form, not the Charlotte's Web. That's what they named that. You know what I mean? We'll just, I guess it's, yeah, we don't want, we don't want this, you know, we don't want the Stanley brothers coming after us. <laughs> Look, let's start it off right there. Give us a bit of a rundown. What's the woo for? All right. So um, I came out from Cleveland and uh, like 10 years ago, 2009, uh, my managed to get some samples out to Denver and then they were like, Holy wow. So I went around and, you know, I got strains from all my friends and collected, you know, basically Ohio. And then, uh, there was this one called the cream and, um, it would mess you up. So I was, you know, like I knew that was special and my buddy didn't have that cut available, but he had these seeds that this guy named, we call Wu-Tang back home. 
great guy. And, uh, you know, he was growing his basement and get a little mishap there and the seeds were made. And when we, when I got to Colorado, we ran all my gear in this, I set up a hundred lighter, you know, and, uh, we ran like a small project just to get us moving with this, uh, with a company called Greenworks, and uh, we got the test back, and sure enough, there was uh, in the Woos because I had two of them: the Woo One and the Woo Four. They, uh, you know, and they came back. One was like the basically hemp, almost. I mean, like within a couple points, and then the other one was a little more like a higher THC. And then I, they were like, "Sorry, man." you're not allowed in the warehouse. And uh, I was like, can I get my stuff back? And they wouldn't give me that back. And then um, good friend, Adam Dunn, who I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, called me one day and was like, yo dude, they came like uh, Kelly roller, this dude who was supposed to be my homie. And Josh Stanley came shooting through uh, Adam's like club or place of business, you know, art gallery. And we're like trying to get him in on it. Like, do you want to, you want to run, you know? And he's like, no, nah, man, that's, that's my dude's shit. You're not allowed to, I uh, know I don't want anything to do with it. You know, then he called me and then, uh, well, then it turned, you know, for fun, the cream was, uh, an AF Jack, like an Afghani number one times a Jack rare. And then the, uh, CBD end actually came from Alex at resin seeds, who's Soma's son-in-law. Actually, he passed away. Uh, but he had been breeding, stuff that soma had created and this was the reclining buddha that actually gave all the cbd to the web or the r4 or the woo4 you know to that plant uh and then so i was uh that's when i started drinking a lot you know that's when i decided yeah i got really mad you know what i mean like these motherfuckers stole my shit and you know what i mean now they're now they got a TV show coming out with Sanjay Gupta on CNN. Uh, I was like, fuck that. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was, so I was just, I was kind of ruining myself at that point. Cause I realized, you know, like the, that one plant was like the key to, you know, the, I, that was my millions of dollars that I thought I was going to make when I came to Colorado to be a weed millionaire. And, uh, so I was upset for a while, man. And then my buddy was like, dude, you got to watch that show. And I'm like, man, fuck those dudes. I, I know they got my plant. And he's like, just watch it. So I watched it. And I realized that, you know, uh, what I brought was helping people. Like helping somebody who couldn't get any other help, man. That poor girl, Charlotte, Feed Feedy, uh, was having like 100 seizures a day, man. She was a twin. And her twin sister didn't have any kind of problems. You could see like the difference in like the um, how she was growing and developing as a human being. You know, it was uh, not to use this word in any way derogatory, but she she was the she was retarded literally in that she couldn't learn and grow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like as in the medical sense. And you know, I realized that like you know, no matter what, man, I'm helping people, and that I need to get back to work. Like I cried and like. I wanted to meet her before she had actually passed away too. She kind of saved me. Like I was, I was really pushing my, uh, you know, my body. I was doing a lot of chemicals, including alcohol and just get, you know, trying to, cause I thought, you know, I came out here with the intent on like 
doing that whole thing, you know? So then, uh, my, well, this guy, Adam Cooper, who, uh, he helped out a lot. He had a cherry, which was like a nice, it was a can of tonic S1. And we took that and we put it on this Kandahar that, uh, my buddy's brother actually got in Kandahar. He's a sapper. Those are the guys that, uh, look for, they go ahead and like look for bombs. And I, you, you know, the things that blow up and kill you. And they, they had brought some back and we intended to use that structure of the Afghan to strengthen up the cherry, which was, and, and the cherry was amazing. Like the extract from it tasted like, I mean, cherries, like, like uncontrollably, you know, like a medicine, which was really weird to me, you know, like, wow, this really is medicine. It really tastes like medicine. So we, uh, I brought a bunch of stuff in my backyard. I took that cherry. I took the, Oh, I, somebody had given me uh, a cut of the Woo 5 or the R5 that now came out, which was those guys, those dickheads that stole it, they selfed my, you know what I mean? They selfed it and made S1s and sold them for, I don't know, man. I think I'm like a hundred bucks a piece. Like what a uh, fucking assholes. Uh, so I got, you know, and I, I got some uh, sour tsunami and then I got, just a bunch of different uh, heart, you know, some Harley Harlequin stuff. And I put it all out with the male, uh, the male cherry Kandahar that we had. And there was like, uh, I don't know, like eight other plants out there, pollinate them all. And then that's when like, I, 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 I'd had them all and I sat on them for a while. And then James from the seed, uh, from seeds here now hit me up and was like, yo dude, you want to sell those things? And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. So we started packing them up. I gave a ton of weight too. I probably gave away like, uh, at least a third of what I started with, like the can moms and who aren't nice people. And like, just, just like, you know, trying to be the Johnny Appleseed of sorts. And then, um, Went, ended up going to the Emerald Cup. I assume that's – I've only been to two of them, so I assume uh, that was the first one. And then that was when James only had, like, 12 breeders on the – it was, like, me and Sonny and Odie and uh, Mike from Exotic, you know. And uh, actually, yeah, so he ended up selling, like, a, you know, we, that was the first year. And then the next year when we went back, like people like Duke over here actually kept people were like, do you have any CBD stuff? And he just kept sending people to me like uh, consistently. So like he was rocking the table. It was a busy weekend, man. We just raged out and I sold out a, people were coming up. They're like, I need CBD. And I'm like, yeah, here are seeds. And they're like, we're going to breed with these. And I was like, that's the point. And then from that, <laughs> And some stuff that James did, like basically almost 95% of the CBD hemp genetics in America were born like uh, from stuff that I had made, you know, like um, all that cherry wine and all that stuff has got my cherry Kandahar and like, just, it's crazy to think the scope and I'm proud of that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all that. What a great recount. I mean, so many different angles we can follow up on. I guess the first one, just as a sort of 
nomenclature thing. Would you prefer that both I and the community calls it Woo4R4 or are you comfortable with the name Charlotte's Web? But I like Woo because it gives uh, honor to the guy that made it. You know, it, you know, one of the coolest things that uh, I got to do was I got to call him after, you know, all this popped off and I was like, hey, dude, guess what? Because of you, like hundreds of people and children and everything are finding and now it's like millions you know what i mean like cbd i you know what i told my mom before she passed away i told her and this is you know obviously i stretched the truth a little but i told her i invented cbd you know (laughs) (laughs) and that everywhere that she goes and when she sees cbd that was me and she was like she was stoked so um but in a way like we brought it to the thing you know so the woo would be great because that gives him the, you know what I mean? Like it, it was an honor to call him and tell him that he, because of him, like people were finding relief and not having seizures and little kids were like, uh, we were the, my buddy Todd, uh, the Raven and I, uh, were the first people ever allowed to, to give kids cannabis in a hospital ever, like in, in Colorado, at least I know. But like uh, we made a roll on, like I grew it and he formulated it and these kids would have a seizure and maybe you saw it. It was all over the internet. And like, you take this roll on and like hit their feet. And within like 20 seconds, they weren't having a seizure anymore. Wow. Like, yeah, that was cool and fulfilling. So we'll call it the woo. I get all messed up too, man. Because so what happened, it became the R because I have horrible handwriting. Like, like I, I don't even type legibly, you know what I mean? Like it's horrible. Um, so they misread it and, and relabeled it, which is probably, you know, that's just something dickheads do anyway. So, Are we able to loop back on that? How, how was it that um, the Stanley brothers came to sort of enter that facility? Like what was the series of events that led to them sort of getting access to it? Oh, we harvested. We harvested the first round. They sent it to the lab. Lab test came back with high CBD. Then I was kicked out of the the uh thing i had a i wasn't see i'm not upset that i was kicked out i i had a felony that a, a drug felony from like a while ago and i hadn't quite got to that 10 year mark do you know what i mean yeah but i was pretty upset that they wouldn't give me my gear back which is just some bullshit so the guy i came out with was supposed to be like my like my homie you know we started yeah the the Actually, yeah, the statute of limitations is up, man. We started hustling ecstasy when I was like 17, going to raves like all over the United States, like all over, well, the Midwest at least, you know. Like, I made that dude a ton of money. You'd think he'd be like a little more, you know, not a piece of shit. But so they kept that. And then I suppose the this one isn't – I'm not sure. I assume the Stanleys, or at least Josh, went to, you know, saw the test results and went over there and asked him for it or something, you know? Okay, so it's sounding like it was all sort of quite opportunistic on their part. Yeah. I mean, they, they, S, they, made, clone, they made S1 my stuff. Like, that's like a sin in the uh, breeding community. You, know, you just don't take somebody's, especially like that, you know, you just don't take somebody's gear, S1, and sell, you know, make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars off of it. That seems like a pretty shitty thing to do. Sure. Uh, the the listeners will will give me grief if I don't try to follow up on it. Why why was it you were kicked out of the facility? A felony that was uh, 
from a drug felony, like uh, from like 2001 and then three. So I wasn't off. I, they, they have a 10 year uh, minimum. Like when I got here, it had just been implemented. Like I was allowed in the facility. And then all of a sudden they were like, well, if you've had a felony or we're still on uh, paper in the last 10 years, you got to wait till that's over to work in the industry. So do you think that it that was like the actual truth that they just found out and were like, oh, sorry, policy's policy? Or do you think it was like their way of being able to get rid of you? Yeah, actually, 100%. Uh, literally, the guys that ripped me off, the main guy's name was Chad. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Because I'd just like to clarify, because one of the stories you sometimes hear around the community is that um, the the Stanley brothers had this plant and they grew it thinking it was THC only to find it was CBD and then like they sort of like quote swindled Charlotte's parents being like yeah buy this weed like just trying to sell it to anyone who would buy it um, do you think that that probably wasn't actually the case and they sort of had more of an idea of what they were doing the whole time they went specifically to those guys after the tests were published in a local uh, weed magazine I still have it around here on the bookshelf. It was the first time I've ever seen my strains in print, so I kept it. But, uh, yeah, man, they knew exactly what they were doing. And uh, I know it's mine because it was a variegated plant. And you can see that in that video where they showed all the plants. Like, oh, that's my fucking gear. But then I also heard that, like, they had uh, they had a Tennessee farmer, a Kentucky farm there, Rocky, whatever. And uh, there's, like, bottles of Eagle laying around and shit. Like they had sprayed it with like horrible fungicides, like, and they were going to give this to children. Do you know what I mean? That's, and they probably did actually, because that was before we established a, you know, thresholds for pesticides and all that kind of, like, you know. Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah, man, I, that, that was all intentional. I'm not sure about me getting, you know, I know the felony had something to do with that. But yeah, that whole, that, yeah, that wasn't an accident on their part. So, what did you sort of do in uh, the aftermath of all this? You know, you sort of mentioned that you were feeling a bit down in the dumps. Lots of drugs and alcohol. That's what I did for a while while I was really upset. Yeah, look, I think that's pretty understandable. Was there anything in particular that sort of helped you see the light at the end of that tunnel? Yeah, that video, man, with the weed with Sanjay Gupta was on CNN. And seeing that girl, Charlotte... um, seeing the med something that i did like help anybody is cool but like to see somebody in such a horrible spot where even the worst of uh pharmaceutical drugs that they give to children won't work like i don't know if you ever see what they give to kids with seizures it's disgusting like it's uh like valium and kepra and like basically you're just fucking your kid all up you know after watching that i realized like uh you know hey i did this already might as well get back to work and that, you know, that what I did was kind of important if, uh, even if I don't get, you know, like I saw the other day that, that, uh, Charlotte's web, the company is now worth millions. Do you have any ambition or want to try to have some of the credit attributed to you or are you just at the point where you've moved on and you just doing other stuff? No, man. What are you going to do? Like, uh, how do you, like, what do you like? Uh, I can't afford a good lawyer and I'm sure they can like more than anything, then how do you prove all that? Like, 
yeah, like, uh, <laughs> you know, that seems like a I could a lot of money to lose a battle, you know. Yeah, if nothing else, I think it should be our goal that the uh, the community knows what you've contributed. But like, thankfully, in the sort of intro you gave us, there's a there's a whole range of other avenues I'd love to follow up on. But I guess the first question is, you know, given you do have such you know um, a, a focal tying in to the woo. Do you do you still like to work with it, or are you at the point where you've done a lot of crosses, you've got stuff to give to people, and you're doing other stuff now? You know, man, uh, there's not a lot much left to do with CBD herb. Um, my homie Adam Jocks up in Oregon is making like uh, taking like you know uh, OG Kush, see, and he he can back it up and make OG Kush hemp. That's like the only way that I see CBD hemp being like a. Uh, uh, a f- yeah, like, okay, so here, for instance, I make a product called Hempin, and it's uh, CBD tinctures and stuff, and uh, when we first started, when I first started, kilos of CBD, just the crude, were like 3500 bucks. distillate was like seven or eight, or um, yeah, yeah, seven or eight thousand dollars, and that, that uh, I don't use the isolate, but that shit was like 10, 20, I don't know, it was high, and now, like, kilos of cbd are like 200 bucks so like to be able to farm all that you know what i mean it at this point like i think cbd is unless you're gonna do those boutique kind of things with it um you know or it's just available i mean lots of seeds out there you know that have you know i think that one's done i don't i, I i'm gonna try and do some one-to-ones here with uh with duke here i got i got a nice one of my projects, when you take a THC plant and a CBD plant, like on ends of the spectrums, you end up with like 50% one-to-one uh, and two-to-ones and like 25 high CBD and 25. And, and like those one-to-ones, like the I did the Tiger Beat and that was testing out at 16 and a half THC with 17 and a half CBD on it. I like that kind of thing. That's quite impressive in terms of the numbers. Like normally I feel like you, you rarely see one-to-one strains go above like 10 and 10 i know right that was like it was beautiful and then i had some that were like the at a strain called the bird i sent it up to uh alaska and that okay he's got a zero thc like it's maybe the machines don't really pick it up if there is any so that's a pretty cool like uh you know like if you can have a so the THC gene is responsible for like the plant's immune system and stuff like that. So a pure CBD plant that doesn't have that gene capable of like at least being there doesn't isn't as good because it doesn't have that, you know, uh, re- the immune response thing. Yeah, certainly. That's interesting. Do you do you find that like you know as an extension of that they they're like they're more prone to pests and mold and botrytis or not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the woman that owns the lab, who is a good friend of mine, she actually went through some stuff and has a, a, a non-detectable, but the THC gene is switched on. It just isn't working. And that she had uh, not patented, but uh, you know, got some legal paperwork over because that's a cool uh, trait. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 certainly. Okay, so they sort of do need a little bit more um, mothering, so to speak. I mean, there's like, uh, 
like weird stuff like that, like genetic abnormalities that would be fun to surf through. You know what I mean? And find like uh, polyploids or like there's some weird auto flowering genetics that kind of come in hemp too. That's nice. I'm growing CBG this year outside because it doesn't run hot. And I just wanted to grow some plants outside, you know? Okay. So do you feel like maybe like the CBG is like a, the gene is like a bit further located away. So you don't, you like, you rarely get THC being made in conjunction with it. Yeah. Like when you see a full, like a 20% CBG plant, there's rarely any, any THC in there. Well, CBG is the precursor to all the other ones. So by bottlenecking it right there, it's not really able to produce, you know, other things. And why is it, do you think that CBG has only in the past few years got a limelight sort of shined onto it, whereas CBD has, you know, sort of been touted for a lot longer? You know, man, we didn't even know, like, scientists had no idea. There wasn't even even an endocannabinoid system in your body until, like, the mid-90s they discovered it. And, um, you know, we're still... We're still uh, as a, you know, a community and stuff, discovering like all kinds of new can, you know, like stuff in the plants, cannabinoids, like just, you know, terpenes, like there's still like CBG has been around for a little while. It's just, uh, you know, as people, okay. So we didn't have uh testing equipment back in the day, you know, you couldn't just take in Ohio, especially you just can't take your, uh, weed to a lab and have them test it. So that's why, you know, that, that wasn't really available until everybody started to go online with medical. So now, like, um, I like to have a lot of stuff tested. And that gives me a good idea of what's going on in the plant. And, like, you can find those anomalies. Like, uh, I'm sure through the CBD breeding, uh, somebody found some G. Or high CBG plants are very prevalent in, um, in Europe, actually. Like, uh, a lot of that, the hemp that they grow is actually high CBG. And what sort of benefits do you think CBG can bring to the table that maybe CBD doesn't quite do as well? You know, I know it's really good for your brain and uh, your bone structure. It's like a bone. But at the same time, man, CBG uh, has like, I don't know what hair I have growing and my fingernails grow super fast. And uh, so I assume it's like the same. I like the, the, I guess it's really I haven't yet got to um, really get in on it. I've just been, I just had it, I've been growing it just cause the last couple of years. And I kind of set it off to the side after we harvested it. And I gave it to my dude to make some suppositories for some cancer patients. So um, I guess technically I did try it, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's brilliant. You bring that up. Cause I was going to say, you know, I saw on your Instagram, you had those, uh, full spectrum suppositories by the looks of it i just wanted to ask you know do you feel that um like suppository based cannabinoids work pretty well i hadn't heard much about that but i'd love to hear more here i can break this down this makes perfect sense okay um so you eat some weed right you eat let's just say some oil it gets to your stomach it gets subjected to a very low ph from your stomach acid which does things to it converts it does you know then it gets shot over to your liver and then that changes it into a whole different chemical and then it gets into your bloodstream, right? Yep. All right, man. So when you, when you boof it, like it literally goes all the cannabinoids without being converted 
without being, you know what I mean, go right into your bloodstream via your intestines. You know, that's like the most absorbent thing ever. So, and it doesn't get converted in any way or like be subjected to chemical changes or anything. Like, uh, literally, like the THC goes right into your blood and the, like all that stuff just goes straight up in there. Ah, oh, fantastic. You avoid first pass metabolism. Yeah, right? Interesting, interesting. Okay. And then what do you, what's like the onset time? You know what, man? Uh, I, <laughs> I decided, um, cause I gave my medicine to a couple people. I decided to try it myself and, uh, I would just, I would do it and go to bed. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, uh, I, I wasn't like doing it and like, you know, running a marathon or trying to stay up. I just, it would be like, uh, you know, take a shower, do that, go to bed, wake up. Now, sometimes in the beginning, I woke up, you know, when you eat too much weed, that, that hangover feeling, I kind of had that a couple times, but nothing major. I don't really know what to say about my personal, you know, like I feel great in life in general, but I gave some to this, um, one of my, uh, neighbor landlord, uh, his friend who had just gotten stage one rectal cancer and he's down to try it. So I gave some to him and he got his blood test back and it didn't get any worse, but it didn't get any better. So I think the next round that we make for him, there'll be a, a more, a more THC instead of a rounded out full spectrum, you know? Sure. Sure. That's, that's promising. And I think those will get you high. Like I've heard stories about people, uh, you know, doing high, high THC suppositories and getting a buzz. So we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's I'll keep you posted. Cool, cool, cool. Well, look, I would love to hear from, you know, the horse's mouth. What do you think is the future of CBD lines? Like, as you mentioned in a prior answer, you can get it really quite cheap. So, there, there may not even be much of an argument to grow it yourself anymore. Uh, pillows and uh, firewood. <laughs> so, you, you think it's just going to become so ubiquitously available that, like, no one will really grow it anymore and you just buy it if you need it? I mean... I assume people still grow it, like, but it's like big farms. Um, I mean, I saw they were getting down to like, uh, like two bucks a pound. And if you were buying like, you know, a considerable amount, I mean, if you're really pushing it out, I think, it, you know, I, I mean, there, I don't think people are going to stop growing it, especially like as new state, you know, now that, okay. So this year is the first year that I have been like federally legal to grow hemp. Thanks to oddly enough, Mitch McConnell. I'm not trying to give that dude a shout out. And, and even in a Trump, like I, you know, not my favorite people, but they actually signed the, the farm bill that included the, the hemp thing. And so I had to like go through extra hoops, like register with the USDA and go get fingerprinted for a federal background check and all kinds of stuff. So I assume there's like, you know, hemp farms in every state now. Yeah. I just think we scale back from a few years ago. A few years ago, it was like a monumental, huge amount of people growing. Like there was acreage, you know, like, and now I think it's scaled back considerably because of the, you know, a lot of people don't want to grow something they can't sell. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So, I mean, in terms of, 
some of the CBD lines you offer, do you think that like a reason someone might grab one of those is because like they might be able to find something that really specifically works for their medical issues? Or do you think that in general, like just getting any old CBD is probably going to be about right? If you're talking about any old CBD strain, and I don't think, no, I think they're all different. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff outside, you know, there's different terps like, uh, and I think that comes along with a lot of the same genetic makeup. You know, you get a lot of mercy and a lot of berries, cherries, you know, but now things are starting to, you know, now we're getting lemon limes and all that stuff. And with those come different effects, you know what I mean? Like, uh, in a medicinal way, like the way your brain wants, you know, like some people love smoking this strain cause it makes them feel terrific. And then some people, they're just not getting it. And they like that. You know what I mean? Because that's their body telling them what medicine they like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. So I noticed on your Instagram page that you mentioned CBDV. And I have to admit, I really don't hear a lot about this at all. Can you give us a little bit of info about like what it might be used for? And do you plan to do anything with it in the future? So I have a plant. I call it four-way. Not to be confused with the four-way thc plant um it's a pain in the ass but it sits at one quarter thc one quarter thcv one quarter cbd and one quarter cbdv and i the only option to do anything with this is um i'm gonna try and feminize it on itself i think that would be yeah the best way to express you know because i tried to put it on some thc and it basically erased like uh you know the majority of everything in there the thc dominated it out so it's kind of highly unstable i'm not even sure what c uh what cbdv would i know the variant is like uh you know and thc is like a appetite suppressant and like a more speedy or you know alert high i don't know what cbdv does we're uh venturing out into the unknown i love it it, it, it's cool to see, like, uh, I met this guy, I was at a seed swap, uh, Duke and I were up at his seed swap and this dude came up and he had like jars of, uh, extract, beautiful stuff, smelled great. And he didn't really get into it. Then I ran into him on 420 and we were talking and he went and learned like oil extraction, like how they do petroleum. And then they applied that to cannabis. And now they're going through, uh, like fractionally. And taking, you know, cataloging every single substance that comes over. And then he was like, um, this one would get stuck in the top of the distillate, you know, in the, what do they call that? The head, you know, where it's hard as a rock. So they took that and they call it uh, CBDT as in trash. And he said it would harden up like a Lego. So they started selling it to the road crews up there to mix with gravel and fill in potholes. <laughs> this dude flexed my brain. I was like, so impressed. Like with, you know, like that's awesome. You're filling in potholes with pot. Oh my God. You know, he had found a peanut butter strain that like when he cracked the, his brother cracked the seeds, it smelled like peanut butter in the air. Like, and he, he I was like, come on, man. And he's like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, really? So he's working on like, if he can make seeds 
you know, take the hearts out or do whatever it takes to emulsify that into like a peanut butter for people who can't eat peanut butter. And I'm just like, cannabis winning, like new shit. Fuck yeah. My friend Erica, her dad, Tom, is redoing a house and purchased stateside grown insulation to do his house. That is rated better with the R value than the pink stuff. So it's I'm I'm excited. I like, you know, I've been I've been about this plant for a long time. It's nice to see it's starting to finally get recognized for stuff. You mentioned earlier the cherry Kandahar. And before we dive into all of that stuff, I just wanted to ask, one of the comments I've heard a lot about CBD in general is that a lot of the varieties all have this common denominator cherry smell. Do you think that all comes from that cherry Kandahar you referenced? Well, I can't say all of it because Canatonic, uh, you know, have you ever heard of Ringo? He, he's passed. He's like, so he brought out that uh, a lot of good CBD too. And it wasn't. So his, his, uh, he did the Canatonic. So that was where the cherry came from. And I'm not really sure where he had sourced his uh, original CBD gear from. So R- Ringo, he, he did the Sour Tsunami, right? I think so. Yeah. I wanted to ask you because I, I can see you've worked with probably the majority of the lines I'm about to mention. But if you look at sort of the common CBD strains you see around, you've got, as you mentioned, the Canatonic, Sour Tsunami, Harlequin, ACDC, the Woo. Which of them do you like the most? Or do you think that they're all sort of a bit different and offer different things? While I'm proud of the Woo and everything, that has horrible terps and it's just... Uh, it kind of has like a metallic terpy kind of thing going on. ACDC is an awesome plant, man. I'm like uh canatonic sour. The, the sour tsunami was kind of floppy, you know, like had more of a, like a, a weak sativa kind of thing. But like the ACDC is a solid, solid, awesome CBD plant. Like it, it grew fat. It made beautiful, like luscious bud that, smelled of cherries it's so weird like almost like a fruit bowl like not even cherries like pear and cherry and like uh peaches and like all they're like that all those fruits sit inside those kind of those strains and then berries like uh they went and they did that cherry wine and then through that they found some berry flavor and now that people are like i said working to get more of a flavor uh you know like like i said the boutique stuff where they mix it with like weed and then bring it back to him but uh, in that original batch i gotta say that acdc was uh that was a just a great pleasure to grow you know what i mean like some stuff's a little more tricky but so that was my favorite but they all kind of were like except for the woo, uh, they all kind of were that same vibe. Once I did the cherry things, they, like that helped bring that out too. I assume like the because the cherry back on like all the other ones that were similar cherry were. It's crazy though. It was like legitimate like cough syrup tasting. Brilliant, yeah, really intense cherry flavor by the sounds of it. 
just to loop back on that Cherry Kandahar, do you think that it is the case that a decent amount of um, Afghanis probably have some CBD in them, or do you think that the one you used was really like a diamond in the rough? Um, you know what? I don't, I don't think the Kandahar had any CBD in it. We were trying to use it for structure because the original cherry was like a floppy, thin plant that grew, uh, you know, it just wasn't, you know, like a good Afghan is super thick and hardy. Do you know what I mean? So we were trying to impart that kind of shape and structure into the the CBD plant because it wasn't, the cherry would not have survived like, in a field or, you know, it, it just was a floppy, like it would have been destroyed by wind, the whole deal. So to put the Afghan on, it was strictly for structure. But at the same time, if you follow on Instagram, all those like uh, the land race guys and um, all those guys over there, like they go into Afghanistan, they're like doing all the, the, strain reconnaissance kind of thing you know what i mean like the collectors izzy and those guys uh like they they're finding uh like one-to-ones and stuff in some of the gear that they find in different regions you know in afghanis so i mean it's there i don't remember what the strain was but it was like you were saying it was only like a nine to ten yeah okay that's really interesting and i guess Maybe sort of one of the final questions to round out some of the CBD topics we've covered is, are there any particular CBD ratios that you're fond of for certain conditions or do you think it's all just a matter of personal body chemistry? First off, I don't. I try not to give medical advice or, and I'm not a doctor, but if I'm trying to treat somebody's cancer, I would rec- well, I would give them a one-to-one. You know what I mean? I don't recommend that. I can't make medical recommendations, but I think like, you know, I think ratios are important. And then I think that like once say like a kid with epilepsy gets used to one ratio, like that a different one helps. I've seen that happen. You know what I mean? But basically like I like to give, I think CBD is important to like take, I feed it to my dogs. I felt like shit when I woke up this morning and uh, like my back hurt and I went and ate some and I felt like a champion. Uh, that's just my personal, you know, uh, but I mean, yes, I think certain people find better relief from different ratios. Definitely. You know, I don't think just CBD helps out anybody like the isolate stuff. I think that's garbage. I think, I think even like taking the THC out, like when I make these bottles, I try and, uh, get my THC up as high as I can while still being legal, you know, uh, at 0.3 percent i think that's important i think you need that whole entourage you need all your all your cannabinoids like together to help you know we don't really know a ton ton about that like about the endocannabinoid system yet we got it all you know we don't know how certain things are it's hard you know different thing to be studying like so but yeah i i honestly without trying to give i'm not like a I'm not a doctor. I'm just a guy who grows plants. Uh, uh, I do think that it, that ratios are important and like, like anything else, man, whatever, like your body will let you know if you're doing good, right? Like it'll tell you if that's what it wants. Like, Oh man, I really, and I smoked that 
OG Kush or something. And it really like calmed my ass down and made my back stop hurting or that ACDC really like, you know, increased my appetite or, you know, stuff like that. Or like that shit stoned me out so much, man. I couldn't feel my body. That was great. You know, all those things come from different, definitely different ratios and, you know, different amounts of cannabinoids within that, you know, it's, I mean, I mean, we're still discovering new stuff, but like, there's so many out there that can be in the makeup of stuff that it's just amazing. So I guess, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm dwindling here on, I just don't want to be trying to make uh, medical claims on the stuff, you know, like I'm trying to help people if it works, but like, I don't guarantee any of this because it's not legal here either. They don't like you doing that. Yeah. So true. Pardon my uh, aversion to, I, I think everybody needs cannabis and you know, what works for you uh, is definitely not what's going to work for the next guy. Yeah, certainly. I can, I can appreciate the sentiment there. Um, just one of the listener submitted questions that would slot in perfectly right here is someone said out of the strains you've made, what would you recommend as the terpiest one-to-one you offer? Oh man, uh, I've only done one, one to one, like in all honesty, that was, but, um, I'm going to do one with my lemon G, which, um, I don't know. I, I took it to Amsterdam in, uh, 2011 and we got second. Uh, it's one of the most terpy lemony things ever. So here in a minute, I'm going to do my one-to-ones that I have back on that and that should yield something good. But technically the, I don't even know if you can find them now because it was so long ago that I did that uh, initial CBD breeding, you know, like uh, most of the strains have sold out and I mean, I still have a bit of seed, but they're probably getting aged, you know? So I guess the answer to that question would be uh, wait and see because there's new ones coming, I suppose. Brilliant. Something to look forward to. And, and uh, just as sort of the same question, but on the other end of the spectrum, we had a listener asked um, if I wanted to give something to a child that was going to hopefully be non-psychoactive but still high in CBD, is there anything in particular you'd recommend? Well, again, um, if you don't want to, like you'd have to get an isolate. Um, like if you don't want to get like there's going to be, like, do you mean by CBD, like extract or like CBD strain? Uh, just a strain, I guess, so they can sort of do what they need to with it. I would probably want to find something real low. Uh, you know, if I was, you know, you don't want to be, uh, I can't advocate getting children high as much as I'd like to. <laughs> and calm their little asses down. Um, but, you know, uh, most of the stuff that was given to children when we started doing that was real, like, low because you couldn't, like I said, you didn't want to be heat, uh, you know, last thing you want is a stone kid with epilepsy. I don't think that's a good thing. So nowadays you can go get CBD oil. I mean, I, you know, I make it and then other people make it. I mean, it's so, like I said, you don't like to grow it and then to extract it. And then uh, it's just easier to find like a good source of, um, like I personally source all my stuff organically, including my carrier oil and the flavors. Um, 
but like, yeah, I would want something that would be uh, hemp. There you go. If you want to feed your kids some CBD, make sure it's made from hemp. That's a that's a reasonable sort of sentiment. And full spectrum, though, I think is important, in my opinion. Yeah. In anybody eating it, you know what I mean? Isolates and stuff, are, they have a, a ceiling where, you know, they work to an extent, and then it stops working, and then when you add in all those other cannabinoids, you get the entourage, which helps carry it past that point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Some uh, some sentiments I can get behind with the full spectrum stuff for sure. So let's actually take it back now to the question we normally start off the interview with. What have you been smoking on recently? Man, um, JJ uh, kicked me a pack of this dirty uh, taxi. And then Duke here, I give it like I start, there was, I came home from, uh, uh, weed show and i had like ten thousand dollars worth of seeds from every breeder like you know i traded them all cbd stuff and they all and um i started every basically almost all of them and i i ended up with two plants that kicked ass this dirty taxi and uh one of tommy's or uh duke skunk band v2s i do believe so um i've been smoking on that taxi and i took and i i I crossed it with some stuff. Uh, that was the last uh, seed run that I did. Uh, it, it's it's dank, and so yeah, I just it it fit it fits for what I like, you know. It's like a daytime, a good daytime herb, and I just uh, now we're about to be. We'll have all those seeds flowers coming up here by the end of summer. Seeing you know for some pheno selection. But yeah, basically the dirty taxi. It's uh, the GMO times a chem dog I-95, which has a couple OGs in there, I do believe. What a brilliant answer, because I wanted to ask you, I was looking specifically at some of the crosses you'd done, and the, uh, the SLV OG is a cool one. And I wanted to ask, do you in general prefer the SFV OG over the triangle and that's why you did it that way? Or was it just because the dirty tax, you already had a bit of TK in it. You were like, you know, I'll switch it up a bit. Actually, the reason that I named it that and I worked, so I live in a Valley. It's dirty. And you know, the next, the next round will have the triangle in it. Cause it's actually shaped like a triangle. So I wanted to make like something that would uh, work down here, but you know, I like, dude, I love that SFE. It, it smells like weird, like some cologne I wore is like a 21 year old trying to pick up chicks and like tennis balls. And, uh, yeah, it just, it smokes. And I, I wanted to keep it. I wanted to pull a little more OG out of that taxi because it's in there, you know? And, um, I find OGs like, you know, I want to grow them. I would run a bunch of them if I could, but they're always like they don't yield the greatest and they're kind of a finicky. So, you know, maybe find something that's going to be a little more uh, conducive to just being a nice plant to grow. But the version two is going to have the, uh, the triangle up on there and then I'll work it back into like a solid, you know, not, you know, start effing it back a little. Yeah. Beautiful. I did want to ask you because we we spoke about the um the the dirty taxi hybrids you did and I wanted to ask 
Did you find a male in that same pack that you got the female or did you find the female and it impressed you so much you were like, I've got to get some more, go back and find a male? I'm smoking the taxi now. The last joint I got, uh, I've been saving it and this is a good read. You know, uh, you know what? The male out of there, uh, I, we had just, my, my buddy, had, I given it to him and he was like, you, dude, you gave me a male. And then he's like, but I used it to make, uh, and we crossed on something and it brought forth, it really was, you know, a good representation of what the thing, and J- you know what, JJ, uh, is one of my favorite breeders. The guy like really hits what I like to smoke and he's, he's honest and he's good. So I asked him like, basically, man, that's everybody I've seen that started one pack has gotten a, a winner in one direction or the other. You know, I, I got two that I really liked. The female that I kept was more conducive, like uh, growth-wise. And I like the herb on the – it's got a little more GMO in there. Uh, and it bangs out, like, the weight. So I kept that one as my female. And then the the other one, the, the males kind of got a – like a pissier smell to them. Like uh, – but he, he came correct with the the – the dirty jeans, you know what I mean? Everybody that has started them is, you know, I'm, I'm seeing all the nice, uh, I guess, uh, phenotypical expression, you know, that I would expect. And then I'm, I want to, I made some dirty dirties, but I, you know, that's not my gear, but I want to see if I can even work it back a little bit just so I can have one that is very represent representing the one that I like a lot, you know? Like it's a little stretchier with nice big, and that's what I'm seeing uh, in in like the, it's pretty dominant in a lot of stuff when it see what it seems. But uh, I did find I found a great plant in two three great plants in one pack of I think what twelve. Hell yeah, that's beautiful. And uh, another strain from that line, the trash eclair. It it looked great because. It sort of seemed like it's aimed for the general grower, you know, like it's THC dominant. There's some pretty recognizable names in terms of the parents. Got like the forum cut in there. You've also got another cross, you know, the super silver haze with the the diaper. I guess I wanted to ask, what stimulated you to move to these more THC dominant crosses compared to the prior work you'd done? Well, I mean, so the last project that I did before the Dirty Taxi was a ton of of like hand collected land races from like uh wow we had some like siri and stuff we had some african we had like a like uh a lot of hash producing oh man i'm trying to remember this a while ago the lashkar ga which is like actually one of my favorite plants it's like a pre-bubba bubba and it's got um like heavy coffee and like tobacco and leather and stuff like that. And then like, I knew that uh, Duke and I were going to start working together and I wanted to put something together where, you know, I want to work the, I want to work more dirty stuff out. So I took what I, you know, I had and I thought would work with it because I, I have some stuff like that. I didn't think would pair well, but uh, just, and and as time goes on, you'll see, a lot of those show up and a lot of stuff that I'm 
like I said, we're looking for that sour lemon male. It's going to be, you know, and like, so some of these, and like, I'm going to work back that SLVOG into, I, I just think it's, uh, I don't know. I like that. Not only do I like the really like the flower, it's beautiful and just nasty, but this, the, I like a big plant, you know, like I like a big, like the, the G13 cross should, that's a small plant, you know, like that, it'll be just amazing to have a lot bigger, heavier yielding of some of, you know, like, and it's gross. So I was like, you know what? I want to breed this together. I have a, you know, and I had all this stuff that I really like. So I, it actually was more of a, like, I knew we were going to move into more THC lines, but I really like, was like, like I found this plant and it was so awesome that I basically just like, uh, I don't smoke anything else if I don't have to, like, uh, I, I, it's just, you know, when you find and so I wanted to make sure, you know, put it on my favorite stuff. And then I thought, you know, that's kind of why I did that. And then a lot of those are, like I said, will be used in further down the line. That's brilliant. And I love that you mentioned that like, you know, having that bigger yield was important because something that has been talked about for a while, admittedly, but is coming up more and more when I talk to different guests is that a lot of people have this growing feeling that we're sort of backing ourselves up against the wall with forever decreasing yields. Sort of seems like as the years go by, things are just getting smaller and smaller yielding. What's your thoughts on this? Do you, is it something you're consciously trying to battle? Yeah, it's like that, man. Like the most of it, like it's always like, damn, if only that one was a little bigger. And it seems, you know, as uh, so then they take those small plants and they breed those small plants and you get progressively smaller plants. You know, like the biggest yielders are never the most amazing, like, you know, you're not, they're not the super fraud, you know. And what, you know, it seems that the the most bangers are just, that's like the cruel joke from uh you know from the plant itself like yeah man wouldn't you love a giant like super yielding but yet like banger and i think that's that you know i did find that i found that in the taxi and i found that in uh that skunk band v2 like uh i pulled down all these i had some outdoor plants that i had pollinated just for fun and uh we were breaking it up and like, you know, uh, like doing like, and then there was like a bunch of hash. Like I had her breaking them up with gloves and the hash is falling through the trim tray. And uh, we did like three plants before that. And I ended up with like, I don't know, let's call it like an ounce of keef. She got on that plant and it yielded like three, like one plant yielded as much as the other three plants times three on that skunk band. And it was, it was like the, I don't know. And we called it the what the fuck, me and my buddy. Because, like, I, he kept breaking, he would break it up. I gave him a, uh, uh, some, and he would, he would be breaking it up, and I would catch it out of nowhere. And I'd be like, what the hell? So, like, I, I think I found two very good, you know, representations of something that, that's going to yield a bit and have, like, uh, quite a, you know, especially that skunk band. I, I think I got some seeds I made of it around here. Dirt. I think I made some dirty ones. Uh, hopefully they will, uh, you know, I, that if, if you can find a middle of the road down that, it's going to be great. 
that's some interesting news. I I guess I would love to sort of like follow that logic through and then say, would then you sort of agree that by that logic we would say that like cookies is better than TK or Chemdog because it yields less and like as things get better, they yield less? Nah, man, I wouldn't do that. Uh, as much as uh, it's kind of custied out a little bit, it's a really easy plant to grow. You know what I mean? Like it yields well. It smokes really well and it grows phenomenally like easy, like whereas other things are a little more finicky. And I just think, uh, I mean, I get good yields. I grew uh, some of that forum out a while ago. I like that. I enjoyed smoking it and it, it wasn't like a depressing yielder, you know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like cookies does get quite a bad rap. And I think it was CSI who said that, um, you know, if I'd never seen cookies on Instagram or heard about it and you just gave me a bud to try, I'd probably tell you that's some of the best weed I've ever had. What's your thoughts on that? I enjoy smoking it. I don't think cookies is like the best at anything. Um, it's, you know, there obviously there is a reason that um, it's been, you know, recently seems to be the bottom bitch in everything, you know, like. It, and that's cool. Like it went that way, but like, uh, I'm looking forward to smoking this Durban tie. You know what I mean? I'm looking forward to smoking the skunk. I'm looking forward to like, that's all good. I don't, I like my herb dank and funky as opposed to like sweet. And I don't know. It's weird now, or there's new strains out that I don't think they really have much terps going on. They're just, you know, people name them weird cookie shit, you know? The trash eclair, that was because the, there was already, you know, the GMO is cookies in a way. So I figured, you know, reinforce that. It's kind of like some, what would you call that outcross BX? Is there a name for that? What do you think? Like, so it's cookies in there. It's still back in there, like, but it's a few out. You could say it's it's like an in-cross of sorts. So, but that was, uh, I named that, uh, you ever watched Seinfeld? Yeah, 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 George. I named that trash eclair. That's where George was like, Ew, that woman caught him eating that. Yeah, that's yeah, good stuff. Uh, but I, I mean, I thought that that would be a good, like I like the structure of the cookies and, uh, you know, it, it it is good. I don't think it's the best weed I've ever smoked though. Yeah, fair call, fair call. So um, I would be interested to hear, I was cruising on your Instagram and I saw you put up a photo of a plant you were calling uh jim Leahy, how did the park supervisor cross turn out it sounds fun with that puck bx1 in there yeah there was a lot of puck in there it was dirty sour puck puck and that came from uh root cellar the sour puck puck that dude does not get enough credit he's a terrific breeder uh but <laughs> that's the one that we crossed the dirty with that first time and uh and and john had just passed away uh recently you know when i made that the Jim Leahy. I mean, as a very, uh, I was a very dedicated trailer park boys fan for many, many years. Uh, you know, it just kind of fit. Plus there's a bunch of puck in there and what are pucks doing? That's hockey all day. So got to have some kind of Canadian reference, right? Oh, 
Dude, I'm such a massive fan of Trailer Park Boys, and I cannot for the life of me get my lady to watch it with me. She won't have a bar of it. My ex-girlfriend might be the one that got away. Her name is Corey. She got a, a dog and named him Trevor. <laughs> like She might be the one that escaped. You know what I mean? Like, ah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned a little earlier that one of your projects not long ago was that you were working with some land racers. And I did notice on your Instagram you'd posted the, the Durban, the Swazi, and the Moroccan, like the little labels. What were they like to work with? And do you think that sort of the nostalgia people have around land races is like worth the hype or like it is a bit of nostalgia? Okay, that's an awesome question, actually. Um, in all honesty, like uh, Duke and I agree on this heavily. Like there's something to be said about going back, you know, like I I got this beautiful Lashgar uh, PCK out back. We're going to do some work with that. So the Durban, let's start there. Um, you know, a lot of Durban that you get here, like the one that is in this, the cookies, uh, that oddly enough, that extract guy that fills the potholes with the pot, he gave the Durban to Burner. Uh, now that's an old, like that comes from the uh, Holland and that's crossed with an unknown indica. So that's how why you get those big dumpy Durban-y buds over here. Whereas the seeds that I started, my buddy uh, Tao from Israel, he went and I guess he was on, uh, I guess he was on vacation, but he went all everywhere that those seeds that are from, he was there like collecting seeds. And so Durban in the wild is a much more, yeah, scraggly, uh, but I mean, the Terps were there. So it was, I mean, it was a lot of those that you, you know, it's a, hard to work with a lot of stuff like that. Cause it doesn't, you know, you want to see like amazing flower, but it does have that like crow magnet kind of, you know, uh, older school, but when you smoke it, it's phenomenal. The Moroccan man, that was, oh, whew, that was great. It was like legitimate hash. Like you, like it was just a big old, well, not even a big old, like a, a, just a hash plant. It was beautiful and it smoked well. And the, you know, the working with those was great. Um, cause we seeded them. It, I, it was, uh, I smoked a lot of, you know, the, it was awesome, man, actually. Uh, but I don't recommend unless you want to do something like that. Like there's, there's good Afghanis that are, are wonderful you know, uh, that those guys, they actually sell, but like, if, you know, it's not commercially viable to start like these Thai seeds that I have, because, you know, they have a propensity for hermaphroditism and all that. And then they don't produce these buds. But if you're into like really weird, like good buzzes, like a lot of African stuff, you know what I mean? You get that THCV cause it's on the equator. And I mean, I, I do think that, like I bet now that you get to see those guys in in Afghanistan and in uh, all those little places where they're collecting those seeds and they're showing like the you know the the selections that the farmers have selected in that region you know they, they're doing their own breeding technically you know as they grow like the the more the, the farmers in Afghanistan that are you know have been growing for generations like they're doing their own selections you know they're not 
Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think it's it's great. I think that there's a lot of great things that you could like. I don't think inbreeding all like the your cookie strains is a great, you know, way to get anything. But you know, you're not going to get a lot of diversity out of that. Yeah, had the combos in the fridge. Um, yeah, I mean, I love land-based work. Uh, my li lime tar that I just bred with that dirty is like the limiest thing ever. It smells like fresh, like fresh limes, like just squeezed and then like a weird Turkish bazaar over the top with like flowers and like goofy stuff and then on the other pheno it's got like chocolate and mint and like so and that all came from land race stuff do you know what i mean like uh so i i gotta say like i think that it's gonna be you know i think that we're gonna find a lot more awesome terps and stuff like that in that than we're going to like in uh you know whatever the next cookie strain is I think he was releasing a fish scale or something along those lines, which is not something you should name cannabis. <laughs> yeah, right. There's been a lot of uh, discussion around that one, and I think it might even be a, a rename strain, but we'll, uh, we'll hear more about that later. But I wanted to follow up because those land races you just spoke about, you crossed them to the LGK, which I believe is an Afghani. Can you tell us a bit about that? And was it a CBD-rich one? No, PCK. Oh, it was PCK. So PCK is the Pakistani Citrali Kush that I got from Bodhi. He at the Emerald Cup, he was just like, Here! like some kind of little, like <clears throat> I don't know. That he just kicked me like uh, fifty or a hundred, and we went through them and picked out like it, that stuff just turns real purple, and that's where that perfumey top end of the terps comes like that turkishy weird because that you know smells like incense and uh but it, the bud structure on that is just uh, not awesome you know what i mean it was fluffy but it brought like this whole bunch of amazing terps that you just don't really get so and then like that, we were trying to breed stuff that, because I'm up at 8,080 feet, which is about where all those high regions of mountains are, you know? So we were trying to go, you know, intentionally, like the season here is ridiculously short. Like uh, I've been, I've grown outdoor and I got my hemp side, you know, I grow my CBG on that side. And that luckily that stuff finishes up, but like, uh, trying to grow outdoor out here is such uh, a pain. Like I grow these beautiful plants all the way up. And then like right at the beginning of October, you get this like horrible week, a torrential hail and like shitty wind. And you know what I mean? So unless you're covered in a greenhouse, you are really not going to be able to pull anything off because it's all going to get messed up. So we were trying to breed, you know, for the altitude and stuff, like, in, and the time. So the it's nice because all those, like, a lot of those Afghans finish off relatively shortly and are used to, like, this kind of same altitude. So, you know, might as well 
mimic like our, you know the same kind of environment right i mean it's that's we're kind of like afghanistan temperatures like cold snow you know all that shit so that was the thought process on using that plus i wanted to keep it real still land racy you know like i didn't want to like it didn't need to be like uh pck times cookies you know yeah certainly that makes sense i uh I've been led down the wrong path by Seedfinder on that. That's interesting, PCK, and that makes sense because I saw you had worked with that. One of the listener questions we got is, are there any other land races that you've got your sights set on working with in the future, and what uh, land race in general do you think is the most interesting? Uh, I got a pack. So my buddy, a good friend of mine, went down to Jamaica and was hanging out down there for a couple weeks. And he was trying to find seeds. And then on the last day, this old head, you know what I mean? Like that really old head, that old dude with the dreadlocks that just, you know what I mean? Like rolls up on him and is like, uh, hey, man, I heard you were looking for the lamb's bread. And he hands him his bag and he's like, this is my family's genetics. And it's been worked for like three to four generations. Uh, so I have legitimate Jamaican lamb's bread. And I don't know of anyone else with that. Um, you know, so I'm going to try and make more, obviously, out of that. Start them up and see how it is. You know, what if it's just cookies? You never know. You might have just slipped with some, you know. <laughs> but hopefully hopefully it's legitimate. And then, uh, you know, I, I like a, a good, weird, wild sativa but I don't like it to, you know, I don't want to grow like 20 weak cases. So, I mean, it's nice to see things like Thai popping up. Now we're going to work with some of that, I guess, maybe. Uh, and, yeah. And like, I am going to continue. We're going to work. I think we're going to do some youth work. The U is my PCK Lashgar guy which like I said, is the last place they actually smoke flour in Afghanistan. Maybe I didn't mention that. Uh, as opposed to make it into hash, you know? And that's the one that has that, like, pre-bubba, bubba feel. And then the ute is, like, the limey one, and then it's the chocolate one, too. So we're going to put some stuff into that. And then I have a, the Lashkar, just PCK Lashkar that looks beautiful that we'll probably work do some work with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked about that, actually. I mean... In a world of poly hybrid, you know, is like just some basic, you know, not basic, but like not, yeah, like not bred to death. You know, a little diversity, you know, it's nice, like different stuff. Like, yeah, right? Yeah, it sounds nice, man. An injection of some fresh blood is always welcome, in my opinion. And, you sort of touched on, um, you know, ties and I think you mentioned haze in there. And I've noticed that in the past maybe year or so, like more or less since Neville's passing, haze has sort of become a bit more popular in the uh, the community dialogue. And I wanted to know, what's your thoughts on this? Do you ever want to work with some hazes and do you, do you see it taking off? Well, um, I love my super silver haze and we have another super silver haze here. Uh, 
I'm looking forward to doing some work with those. I really like that. Uh, now, as far as giant hazes go, like those big um, Tony from Boneyard, great guy. Uh, he had sent me some of his haze on haze. So it's basically, and he like had these giant vials of them. So, and, and then a friend just uh, went overseas and grabbed all Neville's gear and stuff. So we have all those in the, I think we're calling it the Federation. So in the Federation, I do believe that a lot of Neville's work is going to start popping back up. You know, I like the, you know, I listened to the Piff episode of the Dunn show. I had never smoked Piff. I didn't, you know what I mean? I had no idea. It was just a NL5 haze. And uh, they, they had these old school guys on talking about growing it and, they were just like, it was so easy. You just start it from flower the minute it roots. And then, you know, you save on like, and I was like, damn, that is. Okay. So yeah, if you only have like a week of tour of veg and you got like 16 or 18 weeks of flower, but it's on 12 and 12, you're going to save all that money on your veg and be able to, you know, um, so I think that's pretty cool. I've never done anything like that. I've never just been like, oh, if we start it now in 20 weeks, it'll be done and it'll fill up the whole room. Yeah, I've never really uh, gotten down with anything like that. So it'd be fun. Yeah. But it's, it's like I have, I have the ceiling height for it. That's nice. Um, it's a big commitment. Hold on. Where's the – I'm cooking my dog's food as we speak. Um like and it's literally cooking. Like I, I, turkey and elk, and then I gotta chop up this broccoli and then rice. Oh, beautiful! This dog's spoiled. Well, so uh, I moved to this little tiny town, right? I didn't know what I was gonna do, man. I moved to this. Like the cops came to my spot in Denver and were like, uh, "You're only allowed six plants." And I'm like, "But I'm a caregiver." And uh, they're like, sorry, we passed a city ordinance. Let's see your garden. And they went in and they're like, holy shit. Wow, look at that. This is nice, man. Sorry, you're going to have to cut it, shut it down. So I was like, well, so I had to move somewhere that was respecting, you know, people that still take care of people. And uh, so I found this place. And I didn't know how, you know, I was going to acclimate into a Spanish town either. Like everybody here is basically uh, Spaniard. Like not Mexican. There's just, there's some Mexican people in my town, but basically, like these guys came up from Mexico and they're they were Spanish and they settled in my you know, so that like my landlord looks like a conquistador kind of, um, and you know, so it's like, so I started like giving out CBD and everything, you know, because there's a lot of old people. I I we made some dude. Um, some cancer meds, you know, and then uh, I met the butcher, and the butcher, his hands hurt, so I gave him CBD, and his hands didn't hurt, so he could continue butchering, and we made friends, and uh, he, you know, now uh, in the fall when he harvests, you know, when people bring him the elk and the deer and all everything, he just gives me all the scraps, so I just, you know. Uh, a, this is better than dog food, you know what I mean? And B, it's cheaper, technically, to buy, like, rice and broccoli and just, uh, you know, do it like this. Plus, I like cooking. 
and it's really good for them. You know, like uh, my last dogs, because I do believe because they had a good healthy diet and CBD, they lived at 17. Nice. That's pretty good. And that's, yeah, that's, I mean, the new guy here, he's eating like lion's mane and uh, all kinds of stuff up front. I got like a, a mushroom blend because I'm trying to, you know, I want to see how, I want to see how long I can keep a dog alive. Like an exp- <laughs> I don't like them dying early, man. It's the worst part. Like losing an animal is the worst. Uh, so this way, you know, they eat a, they eat a good diet. It's awesome. I was just going to say one of the, one of the common questions we get asked a lot is a lot of people want to do it, but like, they don't know where to start. Like, what would you recommend as like starting doses and ways to give it? Um, I make a pet friendly one and, uh, what it is, is, uh, just unflavored. Cause you know, um, I make, I, the other ones I make have organic flavoring like mango and all that. Uh, I suppose I can put a dog flavoring in, but, uh, I give them one squirt. Like I actually, I work them up. My dogs are 40 pounds and I give them like what I would recommend a human is like, you know, well, I get, you know, to take like one milliliter, but basically, you know, everybody has dogs of different sizes. So you gotta, again, I'm not trying to, well, I'm not a veterinarian either. Uh, but like, I think it's great. I think, you know, everything alive, uh, you know, mammalian kind of thing, like dogs, cats, we all, everything has this endocannabinoid system that has been depleted because of uh, the marijuana and hemp and cannabis being made illegal, you know? I'm sure you've seen that meme that's like, back in the day, the animals ate hemp and then the cannabinoids transferred through the milk and the, you know what I mean? And that's why we didn't, I, I mean, as, uh, you know, I don't know if that it makes sense. I'm gonna say, um, and then when we eliminated that, you know, that, since the endocannabinoid is directly responsible for like your immune system, kind of, you know, like it's it's it has a hefty hefty weight in that. Uh, now they're finding, you know, like uh, that it it actually has a lot of immune functions you know what i mean and they, you know so it's the same in your dog and the same in your cat like they they have cb1 receptors and cb2 receptors like i had a buddy I, I went home my mom had passed away so we did her celebration of life and it was awesome and I, I, I got to see some friends and one of my old friends came up and he's like hey man i'm noticing that delta 8 is legal now i got a great idea that no one saw it of and i'm like what's that he's like delta 8 dog treats and he started asking me what I thought the dosage would be to like get your dog high. And, uh, and like my dogs, like not Bud, he's new, but Doja woke up stoned as shit this morning. Uh, I found this Northern Lights number five and in, in my, I snuck into my flowering and it was uh, throwing bananas like it was a Chiquita banana factory. So I cut it down and I started feeding it to the dog yesterday, not the Bud, just the leaves. And she, she'll eat, she knows what's up. Like when she doesn't feel good and the other one did too, when they don't feel good, they go eat the, 
the leaves. I had to train them not to eat the plant, you know. Um, but I think it's first a full spectrum, I would think. And then uh, you would have to feel, you know, you have to build up a dog's tolerance to CBD. And you definitely don't want to get it high because I don't know if you ever dealt with a, like you ever had a, an animal eats your weed or like uh, we made we made brownies one time or something back in the day and threw the trim out back with the butter on and the dogs ate that and thought they were I thought they were dying and it just turned out they were like so high uh, so you know be careful with anything you give your animals you don't want to uh, you know make them uncomfortable or anything but I think it's I think cannabis in all forms is good for everything with uh with the system, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I saw on your Instagram you've been experimenting with microdosing mushrooms. Give me the lowdown. So I do a couple uh, things for my mental health. Uh, one of them is uh, I do enjoy the microdosing of the mushrooms. Like, uh, I don't like, I haven't, I actually quit drinking, man, on New Year's. And I'm going to say, uh, a, I really wanted to do it, but like I was drinking like uh, six to eight beers a day, IPAs. That's like 200 calories a beer. Do you know what I mean? Like I had a beer belly. I was like being a slobby, uh, drunk. And, you know, like um, my mom wanted me to quit drinking and I wanted me to quit drinking. And I felt, you know, with this new thing coming up, that, you know, like uh, it would be just better if I quit. So uh, on New Year's Eve, or the no, the night before, I went up to. Uh, have you heard of the Area 420 place? Yeah, it's like uh, so. We went with those guys. We rented Adam rented uh, uh, the Hot Springs. We went up there, and I had eaten one of these little tablets with some psilocybin in it. And then the next night, my uh, my buddy's kid, who isn't a kid, he's like an adult, but like you know. Uh, came over and it was shitty outside. So we all spent New Year's Eve together. And I, that's the last time I drank. I, I, we made some mushroom tea and I like had a real deep conversation with him about why I wanted to quit drinking and like reinforcing, like in my mind, what I wanted. And I woke up, man, I haven't drank since. I believe that mushrooms, magic and otherwise, like have, serious and I, I you know paul stamets has been doing a lot of research on this like uh, i take a lion's mane supplement you know what i mean like uh it's an extract they do like hot water extracts on them and that's supposed to you know has been shown uh to rebuild your neural network in your brain that could have been damaged by stress trauma drugs like alcohol uh and, and it also is like a mild serotonin booster so i was taking that and it's it uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It uh, potentiates the psilocybin in, into your brain more, you know? Yeah, nice. Supposedly, it rebuilds your uh, clusters, you know, where your nerves all get together tenfold what they were like at their height of being the healthiest. Like you're rebuilding your brain. So I've been on that kick. Uh, and when I take, when I microdose the mushrooms, with the with the lion's mane, I have to be like really careful. Like my buddy made, uh, he put an eighth into like a chocolate bar, and each square was supposed to be like a quarter gram, and that 
was like almost tripping pretty good. Like I have to break those into quarters because the lion's mane makes it so much more potent. So I haven't been doing that lately because I, I notice like I get <laughs> somehow I seem, it seems to affect me pretty good and I get pretty high. So I'm, it, it's not productive, but like uh, something I'm really, really about and I'm, I'm willing to scream this from the top of the mountain is uh, ketamine for depression and anxiety. Like I'm on the team. Like once every three, three months I'll, I'll uh, procure some and like I uh, have a, I do a thing where I, uh, you know, will fast and then do it and like do it for like two or three days and then uh, come out of it. It's like, you know, when your router goes bad on your computer and you got to reset it, you got to hold the button in and then it's like, the power is back up. I swear to God that does it to my brain. Like uh, ketamine hits over 150 different receptors in your brain. It's been shown like once it wears off, it, I don't know the chemical, but it creates a chemical in your brain that subsides like depression and anxiety for like a month or two, you know, like it literally imparts like it's fun to do because I enjoy it. And then also um, when it's all over, man, I feel rinsed out. Like I can, as somebody who suffers from those things, uh, like the logical thought that it imparts you know, makes both depression and anxiety like illogical. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause it's, you know, what you, you can't fix the past and you can't worry about the future. And, uh, I have to say that's like my, like, I don't know if I would be in, uh, such a good mental state that I've been in lately. If it wasn't for, you know, the four times a year that I do that to myself, like that's shit's, like if anybody that's listening to this like has has, has depression and anxiety like that they can't kick the shit out of that's bad like and they have access to a clinic or even like whatever like make sure you get some safe shit like I highly recommend that it saved like it saved my life a few times and I, I can actually say like a, some of my most um, uh, amazing moments of my life. And a couple dumbass moves uh, have been, uh, you know, because of it. But uh, I seriously, like, if you if you have horrible depression that you don't think is, is unbeatable, man, like, go find one of those clinics, man. They will, like, there's a place out of Durango now by this guy named Dr. Mark. Uh, he, he, they, like, send you ketamine lozenges and then they call you and you get to have, like, your therapy session, you know, after you after you ate this um i had some shit happen to me a while ago and i went and got a shrink this is a couple years ago and uh i preached to him the benefits of ketamine so much that he went and started recommending it to his patients that were suffering and he said that they were seeing like significant and wonderful results uh so like that's you know that's my regimen. I don't eat a lot. I, I microdose mushrooms maybe like one week a month or something, but it's that it's that uh, once every three months that really makes my brain feel like healthy. Like I feel like a real human when I get, when it's over, you know, oddly enough. That's beautiful, man. So glad to hear you to, you're finding it so helpful, man. Likewise, encourage anyone to 
check it out, it, especially in Australia. They just rolled it out. I believe it's a, a nasal spray. You can get it. So talk to someone if you're feeling depressed, guys. Oh, it's beautiful. It's 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 a wonderful, like uh, maybe you know. So it's it, the it's a disassociative tranquilizer slash psychedelic. You know what I mean? They were using it to like get, they were giving it to kids back in the day to like subdue them, and then some adult did it and was like, "Holy shit, man!" And we shouldn't be giving that to kids. That's trippy as shit. Uh, it's really like it's all over the place, man. You're seeing. Actually, you're seeing a wonderful amount of psychedelics become more mainstream in the uses of, uh, you know, PTSD. Like MAPS, just they're pushing that MDMA for uh, like soldiers and people with PTSD. And that's getting approved. Like uh, the FDA gave them the approval. Like, go ahead. Like they procured the amount of money they needed to have the the chemical synthesized in like a, the most, what do you want to call that? Uh, you know, it's got to be made according to like pharmaceutical specifications for them. To, so they had to like get that okayed by the FDA to get the lab. To, you know what I mean? But that's going to be like a big. And then uh, if you haven't watched, have you seen Paul Stamets movie? Uh, Fantastic Fungi. Yeah. 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 I love Paul Stamets. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, uh, like that whole uh, end of life where all those old people are like coming to terms with dying and cancer and like that's great i can't imagine like you know you're you're gonna die and you're worried about it and then you eat some mushrooms and now you're like you know what okay cool whatever let's do this you know that's a gotta be like a, a relief right yeah yeah hugely hugely some interesting work being done in that area for sure i think Definitely a long way to go with, um, you know, end-of-life care, palliative care, those things. We could do better. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's got to be scary. Like, you know, you know you're – I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that I've been pondering a lot since I, I lost my mom. Like, really, like – like, I've been taking – I did started a master class course on philosophy. Just – and it really was, like, super interesting – because it, uh, you know, philosophy is like studying what it is to be human. And it was like, uh, I don't know, it really hit me in a good way. So I've been thinking about like a lot of stuff like that lately. Like, you know, like what's our purpose here? Like, what, like, you know, do we, when we die, like what's going on there? Like, I don't know. These are things I, I have a lot of internal dialogue, I guess. Which is why I love the ketamine. It shuts that down. Yeah, definitely. Hey, look, I mean, we're sort of on the topic, not to be morbid, but I had a few people submit questions saying, I heard two lives in a morgue or used to live in a morgue. What's what's the deal with that? No, no. I, yeah, I live in an old funeral home. Actually, I'm standing, uh, I'm looking at the human skull and the nervous system and the skeletal system all laid out. I'm in the old embalming room. So this is what, this is fucking crazy. So, uh, I was working with these ladies, uh, the lady that like owns the lab, good friend of mine, like my mom kind of, uh, and they, you know, I was looking, the cops had come and they're like, well, we'll give you 90 days. So they let me shut it down and set it in the flower and harvest. And then basically like I couldn't, you know, so I was looking everywhere to move, you know, that, that was like cool with, uh, the medical system and shit. And, uh, 
went up north in, in Colorado to no avail. Like in Greeley, did you know the ground has oil in it? So, <laughs> no, you know, like it's like the not organic, you know? So, and they were down here. So they were like, hey, you should come down and check this place out. So I come down here and it's out in the middle of fucking nowhere. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, I shop at the Whole Foods, <laughs> you know, like every guy's. I'm used to having things within my fingertip reach. How am I going to, you know, and it was kind of like, but as time went on, like this actually became like the best option ever. So I, I come down to check it out. And uh, in the kitchen, it's like literally the posters, like the musk. I still have them up, the muscular system, human skull. Uh, and then in the drawer, like there's like the, you know in the movies when you get kidnapped by and the bad guy like the German guy comes out and like the the rubber trench coat and he's like you're going to talk and unrolls that big roll of like evil looking metal things that he's gonna hurt you with you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah that was in the drawer oh yeah that that whole kit like holy shit that I was like oh man then over here there was like a a sink that they would hook up to basically like. It's a, it's a one-way system. They go in through your artery and out through another one at the end, and then they pump you full of chemicals and, like, uh, pump all your, you know, your liquids and stuff out. So I had to move that. I removed that sink. Well, that was kind of gross. Um, and then the, the one of the selling points that he said was, like, oh, there's a floor drain, which is, you know, so they were – this was the corners station, too, for 10 years, so – Everybody in the county came through like this place is, you know, no one ever died here, but then it's weird to have local people come over, like say to buy CBD or whatever. And like, they're like, man, I haven't been here since you buried my grandma. And it's like, that wasn't me. <laughs> you know, like, uh, but it's a big empty space and it's really nice and it works. And, uh, like, uh, the, every, like no one, I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary down here. Like the, I had a roommate uh, when I first moved here and he ended up uh, robbing me with this woman who I was uh, being romantic with, we'll say. And uh, I had to have the cops come through. They know like the whole layout. They know what they've seen the whole shebang, you know, like the one cop watched me take clones and uh, like, I need to save these. They're going to, you know, so like, I'm, you know what I mean? It's not like a, I'm, I'm, it's cool. I feel very comfortable here. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they give you any cool stories when they left to make sure you're well and truly scared or you're feeling pretty comfortable there? Oh, man, I'm super comfy here. I feel, you know, like, uh, no, no. Like, I went down to the sheriff department and I was like, yo, dude, you know me. I'm that guy that just had these problems and I do my medical thing. And this is what I do. And, you know, like, uh, what? <laughs> I don't want you guys coming to fuck with me. So what do you want me to do? And they're like, don't go over your amount. So that is, I follow that. And then I, I'm like, on the other side of the building, I'm licensed up by the USDA with the hemp thing. So like, I, you know what? Where I live has a weird uh, misbalance of like people to, horrible drugs you know so like this area has like a meth a coke a crack a uh, a pill a heroin you know what i mean like 
all that kind of problem, alcohol, like, so like, I don't think, you know what I mean? They have much more important like stuff to do than, you know what I mean? There's uh, lots of people around me, uh, grow and they are not, they don't even, I don't even think they have cards or I don't know. It's a weird place, but yeah. So it's in a funeral home. No one ever died here though. Just my dogs. They were the first ones. Oh, that's no good. It's okay though. The, the, so the landlord said while he was building the place, uh, while, while the landlord was building the place, he said his brother-in-law or something came in and was like, hurry up. I'm going to be the first guy you serve up. And then he was. Oh, right. Oh, no, 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 no. And then the second guy came in and he was like, yo, dude, I'm going to be the next guy. And that dude was like, uh, they were calling it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a weird situation. Uh, and no, I've never seen anything weird here. Like, uh, spirits or ghosts. I don't, that's not something I believe in, but, uh, you know, if I saw anything like that, I might change my mind, I suppose. <laughs> but you know how long's ghost hunters been on and they've never found shit so well look while we're on the subject of kooky and interesting i've been told by multiple people that you're the uh the nicholas tesla of cannabis tell me a little bit about this tesla ponics experiment you've done actually i'd rather fire that one back up uh i had like a keyhole i think they're called rack you like lock the little things in and then, you know, and I had it tubbed out with, uh, what do you call it? Uh, pond liner and it was off the ground and I had a, I had a, what do you call that thing? A, um, heating mat in there and it says, don't immerse in water. And I had watered through all the plants and then, you know, there's a fit, like it was just ever so micro amounts of water in there, but it was all submerged. And then, uh, I was the next day I came in like, holy shit, man, these are like the nicest plants I've ever fucking seen. I'm talking foot and a half, fat ass fucking stems, like thick, leathery fucking leaves, like not a, nothing out of place. No, you know, nothing out of place. And I went to rub my arm over them and they fucking shocked me. I was like, what the fuck? So I got the, the multimeter and I was running like 60 watts or volt, volts, watts, volts. 60 volts to the top of the plant right like uh like and i you know i had to ground it because it wasn't grounded so I, when I, I hit the i hit it on the concrete and tested it so i let this go you know and i was trying to experiment with like does more water uh make it go up or down and eventually i think the thing was going bad because it got up to like a hundred and i assume that means it was shorting out or something so I, and then I had, I just decided that like, um, I don't have fire insurance and like, this seems like how you get a fire. So I, I pulled that experiment specific out and then, um, I called a friend back home, um, who, you know, is, um, also he's very smart human. And I was like, check this out. So we looked into it and, uh, it's called electroculture. The technique is called electroculture. And this dates back like talking hundreds of years, right? Like, uh, for instance, um, it was like the late 1800s. This uh, one of those monks, you know, the guys that do like the beer or whatever, Belgian guys, uh, he was experimenting on bacterial growth from static electric charges. And he found that you like one static electric charge from, say, your foot 
into the ground, increased bacterial growth 400%. Um, this dude in the 30s, uh, this is cool. This dude in the 30s, uh, he took two poles and put them north and south, like big poles. He buried them in the ground and tacked them to a big piece of metal at each end. And then he wound copper all the way up with the rotation of the earth, like so many times. And he put them on the north and south end of this field. And he grew clovers that he won the World's Fair with. And they were eight feet tall. Off this, off passively pulling this out of the air, you know? Wow. <laughs> so I, I called him and he worked at a medical supply place. And he sent me, you know what a TENS unit is? Of course you do it. You know, the thing you put on, like, oh, I sprained my arm or something, and it's got frequency. And yeah. Say what? Yeah, on Jackass, they put it on their gooch. Oh, I did not. Have, do you remember that? On the first Jackass movie, they put it on their gooch, and we're just, that was my introduction to a TENS machine. <laughs> no shit. Uh, but it's like, you know, adjustable wavelength and like potency and stuff. So I got a couple of those. And instead of putting little patches on, I like put on alligator clips and I stripped down some like uh, Romex, which is, you know, like wire, like house wire. And I used the copper, you know, I, I clamped them on and I put it in the plants and it was getting like the same effect, but not quite as magnificent, you know, because it's a lower, lower amount of voltage, but it was consistent. Like uh, I got some bugs. And then I like uh, turn them on, and you could adjust it. Like admit, I think now, listen, I could have been high. I didn't document this, but I swear to God, I could like make the bugs move faster or slower depending on the current I was giving them. So, uh, got a couple of these tens units, hooked up a couple of lemon plants, grew them electrically, and then that's when we went to Holland and got that uh, cup, second place. The whole week just tripping on acid it was fucking hilarious i think i walked over 100 miles through amsterdam that week like um we i smuggled weed out i guess yeah that's we're past that so we're i'm in amsterdam we got like uh three ounces left we're at the booth and uh just rolling mad joints everybody else in the spot was just like the greenhouse guys had like the nastiest like 20 foot long balloon volcano you know and like other people were giving out little like one hitters. And um, in retrospect, after I got like everybody, every world's flu, this was probably a bad idea, but smoke a joint with everybody. And then the police raided the place and uh, everybody like Adam's grinding up all the weed. And I like uh, stuffed it in my, I stuffed the remaining herb into my coat and walked out. Cause the Dutch police, they didn't look very tough. So I was like, all right, so I put it in my arm, and then as I got closer to where they were all at, I realized that they put the monsters up front, man. So as we're all waiting to be searched and shuffled to get out of the venue, I'm like, hey, because I've been riding the tram or the bus, and everybody knew me, I'm like, I need a bag. We're all waiting to be shuffled out. Adam's rolling these giant joints. He's got a grinder. Adam's got this grinder like six or eight inches across. I, I mean, it took your whole hand to like – so he's grinding up all the weed he's got, and uh, I need a bag. So I get the bag, and then I throw my sweatshirt on top, and then I ask for a bunch of, like, swag, you know, like, so they give me all these, like, 
not posters, but like flyers and all this shit. So I got this bag of with the weed in it. And then the cops are like, come on, okay. He's like, do you have anything illegal on you? And I put the bag in front of him and I open it up like, no, man, you can search me. And he grabs the bag. He's like, not in there. Puts the bag down, pats me down, grabs the bag, hands it back to me. And I walk out and like, we were the only ones with any weed for the next couple of days of the cup. It was awesome. That was a good time. Uh, that was, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> that was fun, actually. Holy shit. <laughs> what a killer story. Are there any other strains from that Amsterdam trip that stand out in your mind as quite memorable? We didn't smoke. I mean, the, you know, like, I was really working that booth, man. Like, we didn't have, like, I mean, that when you like when you go to those things man, like the emerald cup people are like oh you're so lucky like yeah fuck you dude i'm busting my ass back here you know like um so like i didn't not that i really tasted but i didn't i honestly didn't we worked you know what i mean like i probably rolled hundreds of joints and shit you know like just and then talking to everybody and then I, on the way home i ended up getting like the wook flu from like a 10 different countries I thought I was going to die. That's how it happens, right? That's how it happens. Oh, uh, you know what, though? A good solid weed at the time back then was like Adam's Cushage. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was something that, like, yeah, that was something that was, like, his buddies did and it smoked real good, you know? Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm... Yeah, I'm glad when I met him, like, because I was trying to, I was wandering around Amsterdam, like, trying and buying weed, and that shit's expensive and shitty. So then when I finally actually met him, I could knew, you know, just, it was a uh, better herb, for sure. That's great to hear. You've mentioned a few times you've uh, got some stuff going on with Duke. Can you tell us anything about what we might be able to expect, or is it all under lock and key? Okay, so we're going to, we're, we're making some seeds. We're going to combine our genetics and like, you know, he's got some stuff he wants to do. Like uh, he wants to like work on a couple of his, you know, like the screaming Eagles and the, the pole cat. And uh, you know, I'm going to lend my lemon to some stuff and like that you, and I got this original G 13 that I've been carrying around since I was like, like just like 18, 19. And uh, it's just been through hell and I'm trying to get it worked back into some stuff and, it's one of the strongest females I've ever seen. Like it won't turn. Like I've, I've been trying, I've tried spraying it with silver thiosulfate, like uh, three different occasions. And it, it'll like push the, the uh, male flower bananas out and they won't open like consistently every time. But uh, so we're going to try and get that to work. Uh, we're, we've been sponsored actually uh, by Ooh, la, la. Yeah, yeah. So we got sponsored by Build a Soil, who are kick ass. I don't know if you ever talked to Jared, man. Like, yeah, uh, they have made a special blend of soil for him personally. That it's this is awesome. Um, he can't hear me. Uh, okay, so he's old school. You know what I mean? Like he uh, he wanted to use like bone and blood and stuff in there. You know, like any good organic old school guy does. So when he called Jeremy, Jeremy's not on that kind of thing. You know, it's all factory farm animal stuff. So he actually convinced him to. Uh, replace some of it with more organic and more, uh, you know, sustainable stuff. So it's actually, 
and, and it smells terrific. We've been working with it. Uh, so they, they sent us that. And then the, we were, we had a couple different options with the LEDs and those fell out. And then S tech, uh, who is a, let me, you know, this is really interesting. S tech, uh, offered it to us. And when we accepted them, the other guys were like, like just at our, like, come on, I know we got you. Like, cause they're, so Estec is owned by this guy named Jack. Jack is a, uh, uh, he's a Chinese guy who developed, uh, what do you call them? Uh, street lights. You know, he have all led street lights over there. So he developed the led street light, which if you get, if you're thinking like a street light has to do what, like project a lot of light down regardless of like, you know, fog and stuff like that. So he's got a special like lensing on him that even one of the, I'm not here to talk too much shit. Even one of the best LED manufacturers was trying to steal from him and they lost. It's amazing because um, these little row, they're called high bays. They're like maybe six inches wide by three ish feet long. And, you know, as opposed to those ones that look like spiders, they got all those like, you know, bars going on. These things have like, uh, and I'm going to post it up here, but like uh, bubble looking things. Right. And the inside the bubble is like nine LEDs. And there's something about the, the, uh, that lensing that he's got that causes the LEDs to have like immensely good light penetration. I'm talking like it was, eight, and I'm new to the PPFD, but it was at 850, it was two and a half feet to 850 from the lens, which is cool because I don't know if you have, you know, LEDs generally you have to like have them slam down on there. You know what I mean? And they're Wi Fi. Ah, okay, so you control them remotely. Here's the okay, so uh, you know, uh, I we get them and we're setting them up, and uh, I download this app, and at first it's like asking me for permissions for everything. Like, I mean, it was scary the amount of permissions that this thing wanted, and I didn't really understand what was going on. And then I looked it up, and it's actually this open source automation app. You know what I mean? And it'll control everything in your house, like from your lamps to your your HVAC, your uh, your just everything you could possibly want to automate, and stuff you didn't even know you wanted, like your curtains closing or your windows shutting on them. So, you know what I mean? Um, and all that's programmable within this little app. So, and if you, I don't, I don't want to do Alexa, but you can do Alexa too. Like it all set, you know. Alexa, turn on my garden kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm not. Don't do that because Jeff Bezos will then see your garden. But you got secure home security. It's all wrapped up in this nice app. And it sends you notifications when the lights come on. And I imagine, like, once we can get more uh, environmental controls, you know, they'll be uh, automated like that, too. The lights will dim down on their own if it gets too hot. And they cover like a nice, for being a little bar, they, they cover like three by four. So we got them in a nice line and uh, we've just been setting it up, you know. Um, we got some tents from some people. I have to look. Um, and they're nice and white on the inside as opposed to that, you know, speckled aluminum or mylar or whatever. Um, and these are five by five, which is nice because they're bigger. Like I have a four by four that I breathe in and when that fan comes on, it really sucks in and you know what I mean? Like kind of puts the cramping on the plants. 
Hydro Grow. Those are the guys that gave us these tents. They're really nice. And then, so basically, we're going to showcase all these people's products because we believe that these are, you know, uh, especially the LEDs. These are like really the, I don't know. I don't like these big, stupid LEDs that have all these bars. These things are just streamlined and they look nice. Talk to the computer, you know. Oh, it smells so good in there. Wow. And that, that soil really smells good. He, he hit it with the dragonfly earth medicine. Also somebody who's helping out, man, those, those are really nice products. I don't, they probably don't get to Australia, but, uh, unfortunately not, but they're great product. Yeah. And it's like, they're super organic. Like they're flowing in the same vibe that we're trying to do. So, uh, basically we're just going to bounce out seeds, man. Like, they're legal. They're like 100%, you know, there's no THC in there. You don't have to worry about that. So it, I want to expand the reach, you know, it's not my hemp plant, my hemp strains are grown like anywhere hemp is grown, you know, it's kind of cool, but like, it'd be nice to, my buddy runs a, a wreck. I think they're wreck in Israel. I think that'd be fun to see um, some of you know, some gear over there and stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It sounds like you got a lot of options on the plate. I um, I wanted to ask you. You've mentioned the the lemon G a few times. We need to get the backstory on it. What can you tell us about it? Because I think I heard at one point it's like a Colombian or something. But I'd love for you to fill me in. <laughs> okay, I have that G thirteen plant that I've had for. Since I was 18, so it's like 27 years, right? I don't know anything about the other side of that uh, lemon G. Um, I'm not sure what the description says, but like it is definitely that G13 because I've done a lot of work with it and I get G13 phenos out of it. I'm not sure what the sativa side is. I'm being honest. Like if I knew, but I, you know, I'm not one to to lie. I have no idea. All I know is that it is one of the terpiest things ever. Like it's literally like, uh, my ex-girlfriend would break out in hives trimming it. Like, uh, my friends would puke, um, like trimming it. And I've had a couple people puke smoking it. Like it irritates, uh, my one buddy's throat so bad. He won't, it's, it's like lemon, lemon you know what i mean with uh, a funky from the g like a turkey gravy up underneath it and that's like a quintessential g right there um it, it's a beautiful plant it yields like you could have a giant bag of it and that's like an ounce you know what i mean you got like a it, it's so fluffy it doesn't really have a lot of weight and that was like one of the reasons like when i got back from the cup i decided to put a northern lights that my buddy had been working on on it because i wanted some density and they flowed really well together uh and i also there's a it makes the most like uh amazing like for a while there it was the hottest thing in colorado like extract wise because it's that whole that that d-limonene just came through so hard do you know what i mean but as far as your question goes, man, I can't answer that. And I apologize. I'm not sure of the lineage. I just, a friend of mine, when I was collecting strains in Ohio to bring out here, 
Like I had been growing it, but I, I asked everybody that gave me strains uh, when I came, like, can I take this with me? And so, yeah, that's, that is the extent of my knowledge. I'm sure there's a lot of Ohio people coming online now. I'm noticing, I'm sure somewhere in there, because somebody tried to call Adam after the cup and they were trying to tell him it was skunk times misty, which, um, like I said, I've done a lot of work with it, you know, like crossing it with stuff and always get G13, my, my classic one out of it. You know what I mean? See, you can see it, you can smell it. Uh, so I don't know, I guess. Long answer. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's a good answer. What are you guys up to? So, oh, actually, man, you know, like, uh, well, not here. Here's what we're planning. Not only are we going to be planning the, the the breeding and stuff, we're going to be doing, like I said, uh, the podcast and the instructional videos. Like, uh, you know, part of him developing his own soil line was because, um, you know, he wanted to be able to give people a reproducible, uh, you know, like, hey, you want to grow herb like this? You need, you know, here's the soil you use. Here's how we're doing it. And uh, so we're going to do instructional videos and that'll be like also to show how awesome our sponsors are. And then we'll be doing uh, uh, the podcast. Uh, we were tentatively going with two dudes, one cup or one grow. So that when we win a cup, we could be two dudes, one cup, which is disgusting and funny all at the same time. I love it. Yeah. Uh, podcast was already taken uh, damn it yeah we'll spell it different the premiere podcast you man you won the you won the name lottery when you got that one off For real. uh dude there's like a hundred podcasts called the podcast <laughs> yeah po- podcast is beautiful you know what i mean yeah it's look it's got us to this point right can't complain <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we were, you know, so basically, yeah, we're going to do this thing. And, uh, you know, um, he actually has been sitting, he like, he sequestered himself on the side of the mountain with uh, a bunch of like uh, video editing here. And he's been learning like proper editing and the whole deal. So when, when we do this, uh, when we, he, we're going to be putting it together, uh, potential like just commercials for our, guys you know what i mean for our sponsors and uh you know cool star wipes and stuff interviews with uh weirdos that we know yeah there's this, there's this one dude in australia he's totally fucking weirdo we're thinking about having him on you know <laughs> hopefully you don't you want to keep your show in good repute uh you know it's fun to have like i i want it'd be fun to have like uh people with their own show series you know what i mean yeah man yeah do the uh People who already have their own show show, you know? <laughs> Bring them all on. But I want to take you back to the question we used to start all the interviews off with. Pretty late to do this one, but I love it anyway. Tell me about your first experience with cannabis. Paint me a picture. What happened? Uh, all right, man. I was, uh, you know, I got started a little later. I was 17 years old. Um, I met these dudes... Like I, my mom, like when I was actually, how did that work out? Yeah. Um, around 16, I met these dudes. They were like lesbians. I, I was a skateboarder kid. My mom moved me to this weird ass little town. Hick, hick as fuck. Uh, and I made friends with these guys. We started hanging out. 
And uh, so I never, you know, I, I was in one of the first classes at Dare, you know, and I never really wanted to smoke weed because my both my stepfather and my mom both smoke cigarettes. I thought cigarettes are disgusting, you know. So I was on the weed. I want to do LSD. Like so much that when I was like 15, I took the anarchist cookbook into my science teacher and was like, yo, dude, can we make some acid? He's later voted me most likely to do drugs. And I was really pissed off. And then he was like, no, it's a good thing sometimes. So we skipped school, uh, me and three or four of my friends. And we got some, you know, Quint the Mad Dog, which it turns out isn't Mad Dog. MD isn't stand for Mad Dog, but um, and we were drinking at my buddy's parents during school time, and uh, my buddy took his mom's bowl. She had a little like marble bowl, you know, a few inches, three inches long, and uh, they had tried to get me to smoke before, and I was like, wasn't having, wasn't having it. But then I got kind of tipsy on the alcohol, and I grabbed the bowl. At that point, when I was a kid, man, like uh, I was like the first kid ever on Ritalin, and then like I was, I was on some Prozac when I was later, you know, because I don't know they had like I, in third grade I was tweaking on Ritalin. What a gross, uncomfortable thing. So I was on some kind of antidepressant. I'm not really sure. I can't remember. And I stole the ball. I climbed up a tree, and I fucking smoked this ball. And I got high for the first time ever. And I pulled like a Paul Stamets kind. I got down and I decided that like, I feel pretty good. I'm going to quit taking these fucking pharmaceuticals and I'm just going to go smoke weed. And then shortly after that, I got into the rave scene and, you know, experiment with all the gambit. So, but, I, you know, uh, cannabis has been since that day. Because I was like, you know what, fuck this horrible, horrible serotonin messing with your brain chemicals. Like, since then, like, okay, then I went home and uh, I wanted to buy a bag of weed. Obviously, that's what you do, right? Yeah, I smoked some. Now, where can I get it? So, my buddy, who I just talked to earlier, Johnny, uh, and I called our other buddy, Ted, and we're like, hey, man, get us some weed. So, it took Ted like hours to come. Bring us this bag of weed. And uh, it was like the corner of a brick. And, uh, you know, they'd have seeds in them. So I saved the seeds out of my weed and I went home and I, in my, in my closet, I had my toy box from when I was a kid that had things like my Dungeons and Dragons books and my Taekwondo uniforms and, you know, all that stuff. My, I was a nerd, you know what I mean? Uh, and I moved all that stuff out, and I went to the Home Depot, and I got myself a little grow light, put some plants, and I started some seeds. And my mom's like, so what are you doing in there? And I'm like, I'm growing orchids, Mom. And she uh, laughed, and she was like, you know, I grew up in the 70s, right? Those are orchids. Uh, you got to get them out of here. So then um, – I was about to turn 18, and she was like, dude, if you're going to be selling weed, you can't really be doing it here. So I moved out. I got a hot girlfriend and moved out, and then we just started growing. I, like, uh, yeah, and it started off, we stole uh, 400 watt high pressure sodium from the college, two of those, up in a little closet. And then, you know, as time grew, so did 
you know, and then you got to get a couple thousands and, you know, why not get six or whatever. So, and then moved out here instead of like a hundred and, you know, it, it just growing stuff. I, I got put on probation or parole. Actually, I got, I had to go sit down for a couple of years. Uh, apparently not to make drugs in your own home. You're not allowed. <laughs> What were some of the strains you were first growing? Did they have names or was it before then? Uh, after I got out of jail, jail, uh, I'd take P-tests and um, I started dating this girl who was growing some herb and I failed the first one and uh, I got dinged for it. And then like, the next one I diluted and then the net, and so then I go in with the diluted one, and she's like, uh, "Look, this is diluted." Like, what do you mean? It's piss. And she's like, "No, it's not." I'm like, "It came out of my dick." And she's like, "You diluted it." I'm like, "What makes piss piss?" And she's like, "Creatine." And uh, she's like, "If you test hot again, I gotta you're gonna get in trouble." And I gave her this big speech, like, "Look, when I'm off parole." I'm probably going to, I'm going to go smoke weed. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's medicinal. I'll probably go grow some more. I, I laid it out and she looks right at me. She gave me this big smirk and she's like, uh, yeah, you, whatever you want to do when you're not my property, don't fail again. So I got, went and got some creatine cause I was smuggling like kilos of creatine into the joint. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a whole different story. Uh, <laughs> and we were working out. And so I knew what it was. So I went and got some and uh, mixed it. In. I like diluted myself, but mixed it in and like was taking that. And like I passed and then she took me off that. If anybody out there, I mean, this is a while ago, but uh, I assume that still works. Right. It was just creatine though. So she told, she like told me what it was. I was like, what makes this piss? And she's like creatine. So I worked it out and I passed and then I didn't have to take anymore. So then, and then I started, I got another, like, I started dating this other girl and I was like, we should grow weed. And she's like, well, what about getting caught? And I'm like, don't. And so we set up a little, a little garden in her basement. And then, uh, it was nice actually. And it was real efficient. And then that's when, uh, that's when I turned 30 and I went over to Amsterdam and I met like Adam and all, you know. He eventually moved to my house when we moved to Colorado. It was a pretty funny situation. Wow. So he came back to the States with you around the end of that 90s period? No, I moved to, uh, well, I went to Amsterdam 15 years ago uh, when I turned 30. And then when I moved to Denver, I kept up with him, you know. And then when I moved to Denver, I ran into him in Denver. And then we got a house. And then I was like, yo, I got a house. Come on. So he, he ended up moving there. That was crazy. We had like the tiniest house and six dudes living in it. Like I slept on bunk beds on pallet racks with like 300 clones next to me. It was the, it was a wild time, man. That was the green rush coming out here. It was an interesting time in Colorado. And were you just growing like uh, for for flour at that point? We had just gotten here, and I got this thing. I don't like to throw away plant matter, so I'm growing like perfectly healthy plants. I kind of want to cut them and clone them. So what started with 
I brought maybe 20 different things out here and like a, a tote with a lock and a lid. And then once we got here, they just kept getting bigger. So we set up the cloner with the intent of moving into a warehouse. That was, uh, that was like the entire intent, you know? And then that's when that whole greenworks thing happened. And then the whole, what we started talking about when we first started the conversation. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Okay. You like that? Like, that's like a Guy Ritchie movie, man. I bounced back all the way to the beginning. You know what I mean? Like, and that, <laughs> and that's how all that happened. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, I'm interested to hear in the early days, were there any breeders you specifically were sort of looking up to? Uh, okay. So when we were like 18, uh, some friends, from, you know, they decided to drive out West and like go to BC and they called Mark Emery and that dude, like Mark Emery showed up in their hotel room with like a, like a photo album full of seeds. And they ended up getting, uh, I don't know, a few different things from him. Um, like uh, Sagar Amatha's uh, Bubbleberry. Right? Like, what else do we have back then? Cali Mist. Um, I got some skunk number one. You know, like, that was, what, like, 1996, maybe? So, uh, I didn't really know about all that stuff. You know what I mean? I was just, I didn't really realize, like, the whole, like, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't really realize the whole scope of it until a few, you know, later. Until then, we were just growing like local strains, like this G and this Afghani number one that was like the nastiest stuff ever. And uh, the cream, which was Charlotte's mom, that stuff was a little later in the stable. Uh, yeah, it was, it was more like what was regionally available than, you know. And I assume that a lot of that stuff was procured from Amsterdam, you know what I mean? Like, people do go out there. It's like, a, you know, it was a stoner paradise. You know, that's where you went for genetics and all that. Do you know what the cream was? Yeah, it's uh, Af the Afghani number one times the Jack Carrere. That's right. Okay, the Afjack. Sorry, I remember you said that. Okay. Uh, it would make you stupid. It would, like, make you so stupid that, like, you couldn't function. That's why I thought it had some other medical quality. Uh but it's it's funky and it's it, I like the Afghan number one like we're we're on like a you know he's got some skunk and I've got I think I got that Afghan one coming back I found somebody uh, the internet is a wonderful thing sometimes like uh, it, there's like the clone trading and like the it's you know what I mean like the the genetics they're moving all over you know what I mean that's pretty cool. It's a great way to get pests and disease too, but uh, you know what I mean? Or nowadays, man, like nowadays viruses are, they're all the rage. You know what I mean? Right. Like that seems to be the zeitgeist. It seems to be relatively new now, though. It seems to have something to do with like the hemp thing that's going on. And Yeah, it certainly spread, uh, sped up, sorry, the the spread of a lot of viroids and various other sorts of things, hasn't it? It, it, 
I've seen some ugly hemp plants that had some shit. Like my buddy put some stuff out. They had like a, it was some other weird virus you never heard of that affected like beets or something. And it looked all like cabbagey at the top and all screwed up. Um, so when I got here and we set up this big warehouse, the idiot that I came out here with, uh, Kelly Roller, uh, this dude would lay under the plants, cleaning the plants, smoking cigarettes, like right at the Stomata, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, that's how you get tobacco mosaic virus. So, uh, you know, I'm into hops, man, since I quit drinking. I've been, uh, I went home to Ohio to do my mom's thing, and I hit up the non-alcoholic beer section, because all my friends back home are brewers, and you know what I mean? Like, my one buddy's like a master brewer at a spot. So I want to be able to, like, you know... So I ended up buying like some non-alcoholic brews and uh, these hop waters that is just hops and carbonated water. And uh, those turned out to be excellent. So I still have all this brewing equipment. I'm trying to master those. Uh, and at one point I was like, dude, if we, uh, if we put some hops into the, you know, tea, we could probably, and then it was like, nah, man, hop latent virus. That's you want hop latent virus. That's probably how you get that. But I did that once way long ago, and it really did make the the herb more funky. Like, uh, and it was stonier. Like the mercine was up, you know. Yeah, nice. That's interesting. That's really interesting to hear. I um I wanted to ask you, what can you tell me about the G13 clone? You've said a few times, you know, you've had it for a long time, and I saw on your Instagram you're doing the reversal with it. Can you tell us a bit about what your plans with it are and if you can give any insight on the backstory? I got my first uh, spider mites from this kid, Jason Cantrell. I think he's passed away. But they came on this Afghani number one and this G13. And we were told, like, basically, okay, so if you find an old seed catalog from back in the day, there's, like, the one of those old ones, you know, it's, like, black and white and stuff. There's actually a picture of the G that I have, and it's, like, cut only. This was, uh, the, the lore behind it is, what is it, Mississippi or Mass? Mississippi, they had the uh, federal marijuana growing program going on for like that dude who you always see that gets like the fucking ridiculous size tin of joints every month he's like the only guy left on that program uh supposedly that it came out of there and it was an afghani and they started like so many seeds and that was the 13th one that they kept supposedly um and then somehow it got over to neville and then he showed that picture and then it started getting crossed with stuff. And a lot of people, that's what, you know, there's a lot of G13 crosses. And then Duke here was really nice enough to back me up. I showed him I had one in the breeding tent crossing with a sour. And it, I was like, smell it. And he's like, yeah, dude, that's that. And then he, we, uh, you know, then he showed me like that his 88 G13 HP, it'll have that same vibe. And uh, which other one? The airborne, uh, which I, you know I, I've seen, I don't think it had it, it, but this is like a more concentrated version of that. And so um, 
he's got a couple things that have that in it. We're going to try and put it on those. And, but, uh, yeah, so it's like a funky little – smells like food. Like, uh, I don't know, ugly little plant that – yeah, it's, bit, it's like if you took the lemon off the lemon G, basically. Yeah, you're left with the G. But, it, you know, um, it's been beat up, man. Like, I think that that cut uh, – I want to – Give some props to a guy I call Grandpa. Um, he's one of my best buddies. I met him back when I was like 17. He was the first guy I ever knew to grow a plant. He called it Sasha. And uh, he was the keeper of that G for many, many years. But it has probably had every single bug you can think of. It's fought off fungus. It's been, it's never turned Hermy ever. Like you can't get it to throw a flower it's like super solid and uh so it's just been hanging out i, I think it could use a little rejuvenation and i you know luckily for a, a buddy named nick mccombs who got the job at greenworks after i was fired or got like whatever you want to call it uh he saved it he saved a couple of my things and and got me the that's you might have given me my uh, Wu four back then. I'm thinking, because he he like got disgruntled with the company, and so he stopped working there. So like, uh, yeah, I got he you know he kept some of the Ohio stuff alive. But you know when these guys, the, like I said, these the Ohio guys are coming out now. You know, like being a, being a little more uh, on the Insta and stuff. And I see guys working with the lemon and all this, and uh, they say they have the G. But when they when I ask them for pictures. It's definitely not my G. You know what I mean? Like, it looks more like the Airborne, you know, bigger buds and not quite the – because my G is kind of like bluish green and like, I don't know, not the same plant. And so when Adam moved out to Colorado, he sent uh, – this is awesome. He sent his goons, and they were awesome. These two guys came, Big Mike and uh, Sam Squanch. I don't remember what that dude's name was. He was a beast. So we had gotten some herb and some of that G and uh, he woke up and I handed it to him. I'm like, Hey man, this is my G. And he took a big old hit and he got this look on his face. Like he was pissed. And he's like, I don't know if I like that at all. What? You know what I mean? It's, it's got a, not a normal turf profile. So I think that's important to bring back. You know what I mean? Like we're just getting homogenous turps kind of. Like now, you know, it's weird how we have, uh, what's the new one? Candy gas. That's what everybody wants. And I think, I think that's the new, and before it was fruity gas. I hate fruity gas. That's like, I want my weed to be just funky and fire and gassy. Like keep your, yeah. If it's fruity, I want it fruity. Like it's just weird. I don't know. It sucks that trends. Like there's, you know, there's, we're going to have to break free of this, uh, this, weird mold that we're not you know like the mold that we're all trapped in when it comes to i mean you can only breed something so long like right before it becomes genetically yeah and, and no fun yeah there's yeah i mean i was in a not argument i was in a conversation with some people and we were talking about like you know f1s versus like f5s and we're like you know respect the work F5, and, but you, when you start them all, you're definitely getting the whole, it's all the same. Like there's, 
that's cool if you want that exact thing, but it kind of loses a little bump. And like those fresh F1s or even F2s, man, and all that stuff's so like you get a I like Tofino hunt. That's the fun part of uh of growing weed, right? I mean, it's fun to do, but like, yeah, man, I want to I want to want to see different uh expressions of the same plant, so you know. I don't know. I, yeah, you see those guys talking about like heavy Fs, like I took it to F20. And you're like, but why? <laughs> like, well, what it's um, it was homogenous at like five, kind of. I don't see what your what was your purpose. So, plus, uh, both, you know, I'm really excited about this project coming up. I think that uh, Duke and I get along well. We both have the same kind of style when it comes to like regenerative soil. You know what I mean? Like, you get the best herb with living soil, hands down. I was wanting to ask you, actually, what advice would you give to an aspiring breeder, someone who's just looking to get into it all? You know, uh, Tommy has a saying, uh, breed with intention. You know, like, what, what's, your goal? what's your goal? Why are you breeding? Like, what do you want? Like, what's your purpose? You know, like... Uh, like, why, why did you choose those? Like, what about, you know, what about that plant gets you going? Like, why do you like it? Like, what's so special about it? You know, uh, what's different? Like, it, it's weird how there's, there's so many breeders out there now. And they each, like, you know, most of them, there's a, a few of them just do that hype on hype on hype, you know? And then, you know, a few of them, like JJ do care that they all you know they try and work it out like don't just buy well actually i did i bought a tempo i got I was given a temp bag of seeds and i bred with it but i i did because out of literally ten thousand dollars worth of seeds that i started two plants like there's a lot of garbage in there and those are like some of those were like 200 dollar packs from people who were like you know breeders and stuff but they were like the most garbage shit i've ever seen like, uh, start with fucking bangers. You know, like, I chose that taxi because it hit me like, man, I love this weed. This is great. This is, this is my, what weed should be. It hits all the notches. You know what I mean? It's, it's funky. It's got this crazy, like, mouthfeel that, like, leaves that greasy, I just, like, some I farted in my mouth or something. Uh, and, and you know, I, I enjoy a weed that I can smoke all day because, like, that you know, I smoke weed all day, and so and, and it fits into my so my growing style is I got these big ass beds, um, like full of soil, which is I'm still getting the hang of, man. You know, like, there's some it's an interesting. You know, when you're working with all one big bed, it's an interesting bit. I got some blue mat to water it in, and uh, I use Ambessa soil. Uh, that's definitely not something you can get down there. I think my buddy Rich makes it. It's all, like, small, craft-blended, and it's all super uh, – I think the plants eat better than I do. Like, for instance, I mean, alfalfa, kelp, protein, soft rock phosphate. We got some yucca, yarrow. Spirulina, Corella, Comfrey, Wild Yammer, Nettles, Horsetail, Moringa, 
Gio Moringa is like one of the healthiest plants on the planet. Like it, as far as like antioxidant properties and anti, yeah, look into Moringa, man. It is like a, it is, I don't even know how, like it is one of the most medicinal plants on the planet. So, um, Hey, start with something you like. Um, something that, you know, why you have a purpose, like, why are you, you know, just don't take two stupid things, start, you know, and pick whatever out of there. There has to be, you know, like if you're breeding for excellent genetics, you have to, uh, start with the parents, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, and a lot what the next one isn't applicable to a lot of people unless, you know, like, uh, when Ben Dronker started that skunk number one, he started 10,000 seeds. And whittled it down from there, you know? Um, a high amount, what do you call that? Uh, a, a large uh, population, like a good seed pop, you know what I mean? A pheno hunt. You start, you know, 20, 20, 30 seeds. You're going to see winners come out of those for the most part. Unless you're running like JJ's gear. I think they come out of every one. I'm going to give that dude props again. I think he's a fucking terrific breeder. And, I, you know, uh, uh, you know I, I'm honored that he lets me work. He's, he doesn't like a lot of people working with his stuff, but he let me do it. I, and I sent him back uh, all the seeds that I made with it. You know what I mean? I sent him back packs and, like, big ones and uh, for him to work. You know what I mean? That's another thing. Like, if you're going to make seeds, don't be a dick. Don't S1 somebody's gear. Don't, like, reproduce people's gear that they're working with. You know, like, be your own like you know make your own path like find weird shit find the one that works like you know what i mean don't just i don't know don't just do it because it's cool like actually try and get like reasons like why you put those two together like what about you know what do you like about that what do you think that your male which you should run at least to see, you know, what's going on and make sure you check everything. Cause like, uh, if you, if you cross two plants that have a propensity to be hermaphroditic or intersexual, you're going to breed that gene in there. And it's just going to like magnify the chances of that, uh, showing itself. You don't want that. So, like, okay, so what, you know, be original, I guess. That would be awesome. Like, we need more, uh, need more weird shit. Like, who, I don't fucking care about how your cake tastes. Like, you know, it's like, what, like, try and make something new. Try something new. There you go. Like, give, give props to the people that you, that you consider great and that you work with and that, you know. Like if you, like if you get seeds, if you buy a pack of dirty, ta you know, one of those, and you decide you're going to cross it with something, uh, give the shout out. Make sure that the, you know, you're not, and don't don't be naming your fucking weed first. I hate those cats. Like literally, like grow the seeds, figure it out. Like I see people like I need good names, and it's like, well, like just do some work first, you know. That's a great sentiment. What's the single most memorable cannabis experience you've had? Um, 
winning that cup in like uh, 2011, the second place. That was pretty cool. Um, seeing there, you know, actually, uh, my life <laughs> is the single most awesome cannabis experience I've ever had. You know, like, uh, it's funny now that I'm getting older, I meet people who, you know, they, they've jumped from job to job. And when you tell them what you do, they're like, oh, yeah, how long have you been doing that? Like, I don't know, 27, almost 30 years now. People are like, wow, man, that's a really long time to be in a job. Like, cannabis, like, cannabis is, like, I, I live for this plant. I work for this plant. When the plant isn't looking right, I don't feel right. So, like, yeah, this, my existence is the most, uh, the, the most memorable cannabis event ever of my, in my personal, you know, like every, and it's cool. Like every time I think we got it, like, you know, that winning that cup was cool. Moving out here was cool. Like meeting Adam was cool. Now, like, like breeding all that hemp was fucking amazing, man. Like the fact that, you know, like that, that CBD thing popped off, even though it did the way it did, like, you know, knowing that like something I did brought like helped bring the whole thing to the table. You know what I mean? I brought that plant and the next thing you know, it's on TV. And the next thing you know, hemp's getting legalized. Like I feel like I had a hand in that and that makes, that's fulfilling to me. Um, knowing that, you know, I dedicated my life to this plant and it actually did something. So that's the most significant one. How's that? The fact that I know that I did something like profound in the, what I love. Hell yeah. What a brilliant answer. So next question. What is a strain where all of your friends were hyping it up, telling you like, man, you got to try it. It's the next best thing. And then you finally tried it and you were like, oh, is that it? That's a good question. Uh, I hate, uh, and no offense to Jeff from Irie. I think he's a great dude. I hate Golden Goat. People I know like love that shit. It's like, ah. That's gross. Like, uh, just not, it's, you know, like I said, man, my brain isn't on the golden goat. I, um, and recently my buddy's been trying to convince me of runs. That's how I knew the guy that made runs is like a millionaire now. Cause he's like, he, he's just trying to convince me to like, you should try growing this runs, man. And I'm like, oh, you know, man, I think we got more in, like, I don't think, uh, I don't think Duke would be like, yeah, bring on the runs. We'll work. You know what I mean? And we're going to cross some runs with some stuff. Although, you know what? Uh, to be honest, uh, I have a couple things that I like here, like the Cushman's and stuff. And that's kind of Bubba-esque. And um, I, I might do like a side project when we get some of his stuff. And like, cause I, I think that that's a good strain. That, that rabbit hippie cut is it's uh, and this is why it's an amazing, like it's on its own thing. You know what I mean? It's got that bubba, but it's a little like sweeter, and I don't know. Uh, and it stands out in a crowd, and that's important. But, uh, um, yeah, golden goat. <laughs> I don't get it. You know? Yeah, no, that's a good one. I haven't tried it myself, but there you go. I like the addition. So for the next one. Imagine we're on a boat and I'm going to drop you off on a desert island and you can take three strains with you to grow for the rest of your life. What three are you going to take? Well, 
I'll probably need some for pain. So I'm going to take a heavy indica, an Afghani. I don't know which one, though. Like, uh, damn, that's a really good question. Uh, I would take an OG Kush, actually. You know what? And I know, I know that sounds weird. Um, before I smoked OG Kush, I thought people from California were just a bunch of pompous douchebags. Not that that's changed a lot, but um, they would always be like, I only smoke OG Kush, bro. And it's like, yeah, whatever, dude. There's hundreds of strains. You're just, just, just fuck off, you know? Then I smoked some good OG, and I was like, you know, all right. I can see what – and I think it's a great strain now that I've uh, gotten to experience, you know, um, a few different ones, like we were talking about, the San Fernando Valley, one of my favorites. Uh, also, there's this one out here called uh, the the Coal Creek. Not the Cold Creek. What I, the Cold Creek, yeah. Uh, and that one is, like, spectacular and juicy. Uh, so, yes, one would be OG Kush. Uh, the second might be that Afghani number one from back in the day. You know, but nostalgia has a lot to do with your memories, you know? Like, as far as I can remember, it was nasty, skunky, earthy, like, stony, like, grew beautiful. Um, and then something with CBD, I suppose, you know? You're going to want – I mean, if I'm stuck there for the rest of my life, I'm going to need medicine, right? So something full spectrum, like uh, – because at that point, you don't need a one-to-one because -one, you got your weed there. Uh, um, so, I don't know. Uh, this can is so hard. That was fucking beautiful, man. My buddy Ian and I put it together, and it's canna, canna uh, tonic sour tsunami, uh, and harlequin. With, and it's all, like, basically, you just, we put them all in there. It turns purple. Has that fruit bouquet. Great. Like, have you ever smoked any CBD dominant bud or anything? Yeah. Yeah. It's enjoyable. Yeah. It's, uh, they say it's not psychoactive, but, uh, you know, I'll be damned, man. That, uh, sure puts some kind of feeling on you. So, something like that, like the ACDC or, uh, the can of So Hard or just something that smokes good and grows well and does CBD. Just because, I mean, you know, we're not, yeah, we're just growing it to stay healthy, right? So, yeah, there you go. Brilliant answers. So, as a follow-up, we're going to drop someone else off on the island this time. Someone you're not a big fan of. You get to choose what three strains you're going to leave them with. What would you give them? Some Dr. Grinspoon. <laughs> um yeah um <laughs> uphill battle like some hemp cbd hemp you know you want them to stay healthy enough that they live a long time but you don't want them to get as high as they potentially could right mm, yeah yeah and uh uh some pure haze throw them up you know Love it, love it. Some they're gonna have to work for it. But like, so I get to leave, or do I? I don't have to stay with them. 
Nah, no, no, no. It's just them. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So as the final question, I'm going to give you a time machine. You can go any place geographically, any point in history to collect some seeds or a clone. Where are you going to go? What are you going to get? The future. And I have no idea. Got to bring, I got, yeah, the integrity weed that saves the future from, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you, you yeah, I go, I go forward in time and grab, you know, once they figure out and get it all, you know, the, I mean, I don't know, you know, like, everything now is available. Like, it, it's cool. I mean, if you look hard enough, you can basically get, you know, anything. Like, you want old Mexicans, you get old Mexicans. You want all your classic, you know, tie, all that stuff is still available. So I don't, I don't know what, why. Yeah, man, something that's not old. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Look, no one's ever said they're going to go forward either. So I love that for the uniqueness. But that's in line. It's in line with this whole episode, given you bring a a unique perspective, which we've enjoyed very much. So with that being said, I think that just about brings us to the end of things. Were there any shout outs or comments you wanted to make? Yeah, like the the people that uh, big big ups to Grandpa, big ups to uh, Adam Dunn. My homies, good guy. Big ups to Duke, wonderful human being. Uh, big ups to my my cousin Ron. He's always been, and my mom, like most of all, you know, like uh, she accepted that I chose a different lifestyle and it was because of her. Like she raised me and uh, there were, you know, like I don't think she knew what she was doing, but I would ask her to tell me stories about the 70s and Timothy Leary and Woodstock and all that shit. And my mom wasn't like a hippie or like a, you know, but she, she was, she grew up in that time. And, you know, the more she told me all about LSD and like, you know, at first, you know, people were jumping out of buildings, but that got me curious. And that's what led me to, uh, you know, my, my, my alternative lifestyle that I chose, uh, at a, you know, was, uh, I think due to all those pharmaceuticals that they gave me as a kid, but uh, she supported me, you know, through like, okay, here, quick. So I, I go to her house for Christmas. I'm there on Christmas Eve. I had a drug lab, right? That's what I got busted for. And the, uh, I was like on a lot of drugs and I, I was like, I was breaking down because, you know, you're at your mom's house all fucking fired up. And uh, on Christmas, you know, looking back, like I'm fucking up. And she comes up and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I just, you know, life and stuff. And she's like, you didn't kill anybody or anything, right? And I was like, no, actually, my dude and I have the nicest drug lab you've ever seen. And now I have a drug problem. And she looks, she sits there for a minute and she looks at me and she's like, well, if you owned a candy factory and you ate all the candy, you wouldn't be in business very long, would you? Yeah, man. And I mean, that was, you know, so yes, big shout out to my mom. I hope she's, uh, I hope she's telling God jokes, even though I'm an atheist, she wasn't. So I hope she got what she wanted. She's like making that dude laugh. 
that's it. That's what I got. Huge love to all the mums out there, especially to yours. And a thank you again, the man behind the Seed Company, a range of killer CBD lines, a range of killer THC lines. Check them all out. The Seed Company too. Thank you so much again for joining us. Yeah, man. If you can, call your parents and tell them you love them. Go spend more time with them. Like, really, you know what I mean? That's probably, I mean, that's what a lot of them want. You know what I mean? Like, they only last so long. So there you have it, my friends. A huge shout-out to Two for coming by, sharing all his knowledge with us. It was a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And as always, huge shout-out to our sponsors who helped make the episodes happen. Seeds here now, stocking all the hottest breeders, amazing customer service. Check them out, guys. I promise you'll be happy. We've got Heavy Days Genetics. Hey, worth checking out, right? Likewise, a huge shout-out to Copert Biological Systems, your number one choice for predators and predation technology. Hit them up. Keep your garden happy and healthy, guys. I promise you it's worth it to release bugs periodically. Copert, thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it so much. Likewise, huge shout-out to Pulse Sensors. You know them, you love them. Keeping track of all the variables in your garden, especially the ones you can't see or track yourself. Make sure that your next crop is the best to date. More yield, more potency, more resin. Everything you could want comes from having a better dialed-in environment. Check them out, guys. Get serious. Get a pulse. Sensor. And that just about does it for this one, my friends. I'll check you on the next one. This is Heavy D signing out from the Upside Down Library. We'll see you.